Right, hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Toffee Coffee Cast. We hope you had a great Christmas uh, and happy holidays. And uh, yeah, so uh, this is going to be our uh, last episode of season one and our final episode of 2020. And we'll be starting back roughly, I think, next Saturday with um, The Mandalorian season two. So, uh, Welsh, what do you think of. Um, this year, if you describe it in like you know a couple of words, disappointing. <laughs> to quote Kit Harrington, <laughs> nah, it's it's been, it's been, I mean, it's, I I I haven't been you know that like adversely affected really, no, but it, no. it has been like terrible in possibly every aspect. It, it, it's been a it's been a cruel cool old year, hasn't it? Yeah, and uh, yeah, we you know a lot has happened. Uh, there's a lot of happened. I mean, every single person's plan has been affected by the coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, unless you're a hermit who basically <laughs> just lives under a rock. Um, but yeah, like every single one of us has been affected in some way, especially me and you here in Britain. Yeah. Um, and I think we're going to be affected for like a, a long time in the 2021, sadly. But, you know, it's it, this year has been seen as the very unlucky year. Like, I don't, like, obviously... You were born in '96. I was born in '97, and we never in our lives have we had like a really unlucky year apart from this one. Yeah. And when you think about like, oh, it couldn't get worse, and then it gets worse, and then it gets further worse and stuff like that. And then obviously you've had people who expect um, like 2020 to end with COVID ending, and it's not like that. It's not like something. I know it's like obviously it's it's hard to like hear, but like. But the you know we talk about this year. Hopefully, a lot of the bad stuff that happened in twenty twenty we can forget about and moving on into twenty twenty one. Because obviously, every year, New Year is a fresh start, isn't it? Yeah. Where we do our New Year resolutions and then look back next, but at the end of next year and say, oh, we have not done those. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> every I don't know if you've set New Year resolutions, but I'm so bad at uh, setting New New Year resolutions. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really buy into the you know like just doing it just by yourself, you know, just oh news resolutions, you know, just oh I I want to do this this year or you know do something better or whatever. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I sort of I want I want to do you know certain things, but I don't know. Maybe it's a lack of commitment on my part. Just an, you know, I can't think of anything I want to do better. But uh, yeah, also it's, it's, it's hard. Like uh, I I wanted to go to the gym a lot more over this year. Yeah. But... Then obviously COVID hit, and a lot of we were in lockdown over like a couple of months, and then like and also it's so difficult now to go to the gym because like any few people can be in that time, you know it's really just a lot of hassle. Yeah. Like uh, you know, but hopefully next year it's kind of I can kind of like set like targets and be able to make some of them if not all. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh. But um. Well, frankly, like I think one of the say one of the positive things come out this year is this podcast. I don't think <laughs> yeah we would not have done this podcast if it weren't for COVID. Because yeah. what was it? It was what was it? I think in May I like had this idea pop into my head while I was uh, home, um, and it was like, oh, let's do a podcast because obviously I'm a big fan of podcasts. I listen to a lot more podcasts than I do music. Yeah, a lot. Of, I'm and you know I listen to podcasts pretty much 
everywhere, you know, where I do like yeah. on my PlayStation, taking trains and stuff like that. Um, you know, doing stuff around the house, odd jobs and all that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I really want to. Uh, mate, that's good. They could podcast it. So I did a little, little bit of research, and I was like, oh, this is not bad. Actually, you know, this is doable. And uh, you know, it's it's possible. It's not the impossible. Uh, and basically, I, I called you, and I was like, "Do you want to do a podcast?" Yeah. I knew you <laughs> you love talking, and we always talked about stuff yeah. like after like every episode, we have like a couple of hours yeah. on the phone talk about like this episode or of this TV show or this film we've watched and stuff like that. Well, and, that's uh, what I was gonna say. Like, I think the, yeah. the inception for for both of us really to like w- want to do something like this was. I remember like every week after watching um, Westworld season three, we had a yeah. debate, didn't we? About, you know, our yeah. own little yeah. theories and, yeah. and what we thought. And I, I know, it, you know it wasn't the best um, series of Westworld, but, you know, we had fun just talking about it, didn't we? Just taking yeah. the neck yeah. and stuff. And yeah. we, we, we were just thinking like, well, like we are having really fun talking about like this, just taking the mick. Why yeah. don't we just record ourselves doing it? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, there you are. And then you just yeah, yeah. dropped drop me dropped in the DM saying, "Oh, yeah. want to do a uh, want to do a podcast?" I was like, "Yes, mate," <laughs> and it's history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, obviously when I I think when I messaged you, I just had everything just planned out, and yeah. uh, then obviously, like I don't think this would have worked by itself. Like we each like rely on each other to help, and we both of us each contribute like in a huge way to the um, podcasting. Like, as you probably don't even know, like Reese does much of the, um, well, the, the social media stuff, isn't you? Like I think pretty much 99% of the posts on Instagram and stuff and stuff on the stories, uh, you, I contribute now and again. Well, well but I, then I, I think you're much, better, <laughs> you're much better at like taking the gauge of like the posts. Cause you, you when you post stuff, I mean, you can definitely tell which ones are yours. They get much more attention than mine. No, you. I think you get more attention than mine. No, like, you as are pretty good. Like you did that. Like um, it was the um, like basically like the hype post for our uh, uh, Home Alone episode. You did like that Family Guy clip, and that yeah, yeah, attention. Um. Yeah, but you you had a Tron post which got like a lot of likes. Yeah, I know. For well. like a movie like Tron Legacy, I didn't think yeah, it'd get yeah. that much attention. Yeah. See, see, yeah, see, like that's stuff I would like in the future. I'd like you to do. Like, if you watch something, I was going to bring this up. Like, uh, if you ever watch something and you want to, like, I don't know, do like a short review on an Instagram post, do it. Yeah, I like that yeah. Tron one you did, and the Mandalorian one you did as well. So, like. You know, and frankly, like, you know, there's no limit to what we can post on. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, how much we can post on Instagram and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, if you ever if you ever watch something and like, oh, I want to like post something, get a nice photo, and write a little description of it in the, you know, in the description yeah. uh, box, yeah, then yeah, go go ahead. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah. I have like really, I have a lot of fun like designing like the. Yeah, you're really good at the logos. And stuff, yeah. I, 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 li- I like doing it, you know, so I put it like, yeah, yeah. in like yeah. designing, like, especially for like the, the bog standard podcast we do, you know, yeah. like episode whatever we're doing this. And I, I really enjoy like, I don't know, maybe especially over like the Christmas holidays, like I really did like doing the the Die Hard one and the um the Dorcachinos Star Wars holiday yeah. special one. Yeah, I thought, yeah. I thought they were really fun to make. Yeah, like, obviously, yeah. like I, I like to like put them past you first, 
you know, like, and just to see, like, you know, because I don't know, maybe like sometimes with me, I get so into it, like, I need like an an uh, an objective opinion outside. Yeah, yes, yeah. same me, yeah. same to um, you as well. When I get something, I want to post. So I sometimes run by yeah. with you as well. Um, but for, for, you know, you frankly do do a lot of that, and I do very much the whole uh, editing. Mm. I kind of come up with the ideas for the weekend. It's not just a week, like. Like I sometimes I have like a like during one hour during the week I literally come up with like bam 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 this is what we can do for this episode uh, of the week, episode this month and stuff like that and I run it past you and then obviously I incorporate what um what you want to do as well just not so not to leave you out yeah and you know for like case of conspiracy dogachinas we always go back and forth so I pick like the next episode of or Cucinos or Case of Conspiracy and then you pick the next one and we run it by that. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like, with podcasting, there's no uh, limit of improvement as well. Oh, it's yeah, always yeah. building yeah. like that as well. I mean, what what we were like in the first uh, episode of Lockdown yeah. compared to now, it's very... Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's different. Like, we're on a new um, platforming for recording stuff, which I think is, a, you know... We still got anchor and stuff to like distribute and all that, but um, yeah, and uh, you know we got a website now with all our platforms on, so people can like click on it and then go to to any platform. We're on a we're on a bunch of our plat- good platforms, aren't we? Yeah, a wide variety because not everyone has Spotify or uh, Apple and, and yeah, all that. That's the thing. Like, yeah, it's like sometimes like you know I'll basically just like say we're on like Spotify, but I so, yeah 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 i neglect the fact that like everybody doesn't have it so yeah 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 i think that's an oversight on my part to be fair but i mean there's always room for improvement as you said like yeah going exactly. into new year now so maybe that can be my new year's resolution <laughs> <laughs> but we all both love doing it we love talking yeah. about it and all that yeah. like and you know yeah. it's i'd um i'd like to go on to a an I don't know, like something I think you'd agree with me on is, um, or or might not, it's okay. Um, This year has been very difficult for um, for cinema, but like, yeah, I think there's going to be some really interesting stories that come out of it. Yeah, definitely. I've yet to see um, that new George Clooney movie, The Midnight Sky, but I've heard that it's quite interesting. Like, it it was filmed during the uh, the pandemic. So you know, I I mean, I think it it will bring out the creative side and very in a lot of filmmakers, and especially like these people who are passionate about cinema. Yeah, definitely. And um, what's another one coming out? There's a film coming out with John David Washington and Zendaya, and it's that's, that was created during the pandemic as well, which is cool because it's also he's looking at his films and realised this is another restriction built up on a lot of difficulty with filming all together and you know maybe some films suffer from it Mm. maybe they come out and you could say that like maybe because the lockdown has infected the the covid has infected it um and some might come out and it's like because i don't know what the reviews are for the midnight sky yeah same it's quite mixed but yeah i mean i i'm i'm quite partial to george clooney so i'll watch it but oh, the, the movie you were talking about with Zendaya is it Malcolm and Marie? Yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, it's like set in like one apartment uh, whole film. Oh right. I don't know if it's black. And, I don't know if it's in black and white, mm. but the pictures I've seen of it is in black and white. Because I mean, I I I'm not like a film a professional filmmaker at all. I'm I'm not a filmmaker. I've I've dabbled in it before, but like you know, like I think during like the restrictions and and everything that's going on, I think it will encourage people, as you said, to, like to overcome those like technical issues yeah and like practical issues because you have to think of like classical cinema like the stuff they did to overcome like basic things that we take for granted now like visual effects were created practically and you know painstakingly made with sweat and tears you know on the on the part of everyone involved but like now we just take for granted so i think I, i mean obviously it's not ideal but it will encourage these passionate filmmakers to overcome them and i mean i i i'm not saying that like you know every film from now on should be one person per scene in you know like one room you know so, so like they're, they're socially distanced but like i think it will encourage a lot of like these you know obviously i can't think off the top of my head of like solutions to every problem that it will cause but i i i'm excited for like for the future of cinema to be fair but but I am worried. On the on the flip side, I am worried for the the average cinema and um, theatre. Yeah, and that's been the thing that's really that's one of the biggest like well I'll say film trends of twenty twenty. Yeah. It's the impact of COVID in, on in, um, yeah. on cinema. Mm. And frankly, the idea that a lot of films have now gone onto VOD, video on demand. Yeah. Netflix, Amazon have taken up like distribution rights and and all that. Netflix has done a lot of films come out on Netflix and stuff like this year, and they they picked up a lot of like Oscar contenders as well. And I read somewhere that Netflix could be like the studio that could bring in the most Oscars. For uh, the, the upcoming Oscar, um, the Oscars. Oh right, that's interesting. Because obviously, look, they have they've picked up um, Mank, Charles Chicago Seven, uh, Defy Bloods, and you know, like a lot of other films as well. Yeah. That's and uh, but cinemas have been really impacted because of uh, well, it's like. It's like lot it's just because not, a lot, yeah, lot less cinemas right? are screening. Like, cinemas encourage um, like a lot of people. To, you know, they they want it to fill up their the screens with people to make money, right? Because they take like concession fees, you know, and, and they take like um, a, a, a certain percentage of like uh, showings. But like, I I'm not really worried about like the big chains because I think like you know they can be bought out or whatever by the you know, they, they, they'll survive, I think, but it's like the really small ones or the locally based ones. Yeah, well, even yeah. the big chain ones are struggling because they rely on the release of films to generate yeah. profits. Like, if you think about it, a lot of the money, well, a lot of money also goes to the studios that obviously helm the movie, yeah. but the money also goes to cinemas as well. And obviously a lot of it's like the popcorn, drink, and all that, that goes to the cinema. That's why, like, they kind of some cinemas a bit iffy when you bring in your own food and stuff because it's like, well, we need the money yeah. and stuff like that. You know, like, um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm guilty of that to be fair, but yeah, well, I'm guilty yeah. of that as well. Like. But, but it, it it is like I think it's been a long time coming. Like this, I I I, I don't want to say the death of local cinema, but the sort of 
you know, like falling out of love with cinema because it, it back in the day it was you turn up to the cinema and you buy like the popcorn and and whatever from the concession stands and you watch like the movie and it's like an experience, you know, it's like a night out. But but now it, it's very much like you know, like you just go in there to see the movie and you 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 sneak in your your drink and your snacks and stuff from like the local. Uh, off license but, but and it's not so much an experience i know like me and you like we love going there for the the experience like but but it, it, it everybody doesn't share our opinion you know and i, no, I, no. I think we're I, in like a minority in our in our respect and i i i right some people have like obviously have opinions where they don't like going to cinema yeah. and they think it's over price and stuff exactly yeah uh cinemas have gone better over the years yeah with uh, ticket sales and that i mean ogen um were criticized before for like really you know like large like big uh prices on their um tickets for stuff and then obviously it went down to like i think it's like five quid now six quid yeah. ticket now um yeah um so obviously cinemas have to adapt to that as well but some people just want to watch films at home which i get yeah but i see cinemas as a way of escapism as yeah. well like you go to a, a, a big screen a room with a big screen and you're watching this film with a screen that you would not get at home exactly yeah, yeah. and you're watching it when it's quiet there's no interrupting and all that and it's and it's, and it's escapism well, I find at home at times it is can be difficult to watch films. Um, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have that like the atmosphere there is you know and especially no, no, and, 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 and obviously people sometimes talk as well during the yeah. film, ask questions, and kind of takes you out of it and stuff. I mean, I don't mind watching films with my family at home. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I see, I see what uh, you mean. Uh, especially, I, I do like going to the cinema now and again. That's yeah, thing. yeah. I see what you mean, though. Like, especially for like um, a, a long film, right? Like, yeah. Say, yeah. say if you wanted to watch like, a movie in, at cinema, you, you have like an obligation. Well, well, it doesn't feel like an obligation, but it is, right? That you you've committed now to watch this two and a half hour movie, and you will, and in that time, you have you know you form your own opinion, um, and um, you're 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 immersed in the atmosphere. You know, it's it's nice and dark, so you, like you can your senses are like focused on the screen but then when you're at home it's like it's more of a chore you, you th- and, and, yeah and, yeah you know like the, the bathroom is nearby you got like snacks and stuff so you, you're pausing it more often and and you break the sort of like immersion so it's it's not the yeah. same and, and yeah. i think um home cinema sort of like stuff will become more popular in time you know like um, I, I know I know it's like fairly big now, but like sort of like home cinema experiences, you know, like surround sounds, bigger screens, and you know, and and whatnot. But like, I think I, I think the they're experience not big, is they're not, they're like a, a 4K big screen TV. It's not you can't, you can't compare it to a massive cinema screen. Oh no, you can't. Yeah, especially like say like the IMAX. You know, and I do think I think one of the films that I kind of maybe realise are like the very difference, the like the bent luxury of going to the cinema, of watching a film in the cinema, watching at home is I think it was nineteen seventeen when I watched it with my family, and then mm. basically the idea of that film is like one long take, one shot, yeah. And when you watch it in the cinema, you feel immersed in that film because it's like one continuous like take, yeah, from beginning to end. Mm. 
I agree. And uh, when you watch at home, you pause in it a lot, yeah. which kind of takes you out of it. Yeah, yeah. Now, like, you know, we went to watch Ten in the cinema. I think I was, no, that was the, oh, no, we watched 1917 in the cinema, didn't we? Yeah. At the beginning of this year. And the only thing we watched in the cinema since, obviously, we were in lockdown was Tenet. And I did prefer watching Tenet in the cinema. And also the fact that, like, you don't have people sitting next to you, so people are quite far away. Yeah. Which is good, but then we could sit with each other because we're, like, in, like, our own bubble. Yeah, yeah. And we're going... But, like, it's, it's nice. I think that's one of... The, I think, like, one of the things to go to cinema now during COVID is you don't have to have people sitting next to you and be very distracted and stuff. Yeah. Now, what, what I think one of the criticisms I do have with cinemas is people... I don't know why, but people seem to, like, go want to go to cinemas and just, like... Don't, it's like they don't want to be there, which is fun. I find it very weird. It's like it's like they make like really noise and stuff, and yeah. they're on their phones. And I'm like, well, why are you here then? Like, are you actually? It's not like you've been forced to come here. Well, that's, you know, that's, the, that's the problem, right? Like they they pay for that experience, so they think that they're entitled to sort of disrupt other people's experience, which is very weird in a way. But I totally agree. Like. Maybe you know, like they go in to see a film and it's it's not what they imagine, so they get bored. So they you know they maybe they're not into it, so they want to do something else to distract themselves. So they distract people, and and I've always hated that. No, but I do think that like now with home cinema now coming coming to fruition and obviously get bigger now, I think a lot of those types of people are going to be just spending a lot of time watching films at home. They're yeah. not going to go to cinema. Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be good for more sort of like a different range of people as well because they can yeah, watch and, and, their and, thing and at frank- home. Yeah, and frankly, like I think now you're gonna see a lot more people like go to cinemas to watch good films. Yeah. Like I don't think you know people used to go to cinema to like watch a film and realize it's bad, and then they were like, obviously, if you said distract everyone else because they're not enjoying it. But now I think you're gonna get a lot more people going to cinema just to watch good films. Um. Or oh, I think a lot of people, the more like audience minority, the um, the group audience group for cinemas now, good people who are going to go to cinema because they want to watch films in cinema. Right. It's not like they like they're forced me. to go. Do you get me? Excuse me. You broke off me. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reese? Sorry, you cut out a bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Yeah, 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 that's fine. Uh, I was just saying that, like, the audience range of um, people, um, or the audience group of people going to cinema now, can people that's going to be like wanting to go see films, yeah. they're not going to be there to be distracted and stuff. And if they want to be distracted, then they can just watch at home. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the sort of like the, the home experience anyway of like going to the cinema, like. You know, sometimes like we'll 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 buy like a movie. I mean, it's, Sky Cinema did it a few years ago, you know, so it's nothing new. But like, I like no. the sort of idea of watching it, and and we have to like treat it as as if we are going to the cinema. You know, I mean, maybe like we won't watch it in one go. Maybe like we can you know, pause it or whatever. But like, it, it is like it is really nice to sort of like, especially like you know, we have the Christmas tree up at the moment and. And like you know, the nice like warm lighting as well. It's really cool. Yeah, it's good. It's good aesthetic with it as well. Yeah. Um, but I do. I think the films I will go see cinema now are films that I really want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Or like because then imagine going to cinema to watch a film 
that's going to be very heavily spoilers. Like, that's you're thing. not going to, like, if a Star Wars film comes out, you're not going to wait till Star Wars comes out on DVD because you're going to get spoiled. Yeah. Like, and I mean, like, Black Widow, I think I'm going to go definitely go see Black Widow yeah. in cinema. Yeah. Because then I will just get spoiled later on hmm. if I wait for it to come out on yeah. DVD. And I doubt it's going to come out on Disney hmm. Plus. What's the current release um, date for Black Widow, by the way? May. May. It's coming out around at the same time as the Loki show as well. Ooh. Yeah, May. Like, I definitely want to go see James Bond in the cinema, but James yeah. Bond's like a family tradition with us. We always go see in the cinema. Yeah. So, but yeah. even before that, like, I, I don't know. It's really weird because a lot of the films in the cinema you want to watch, but you're waiting for them to come out on VOD, but it, it doesn't. Mm. Like, unless you rely on Netflix and stuff. And then obviously, HBO Max is going to release a lot of their Warner Brothers stuff on um, on HBO Max, but UK doesn't have HBO Max for some reason. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a very... Um... I, don't know what, I, don't know it's, I don't know whether it's like like HBO Max are from America and Sky has it in Britain. Yeah, actually, yeah, that might be that might be the, the case. It might be on Sky, because Sky Atlantic, they always show like the HBO productions, don't they? So maybe that's yeah, like, the Rage, deal. Yeah, by Wolves came out on HBO Max. Yeah. And then later on, a couple months later, it was on Sky Atlantic. Hmm. Now, uh, that's the thing, like, because when the Justice League Snyder Cut comes out, I don't know whether to, like, if it's going to come out on Sky. I highly doubt it, but... It might just be like a HBO Max. But, like, if they want to have the UK audience watching it, they're going to have to release it in the UK. Like, Disney took a while to release Disney Plus in the UK, and we've actually got it now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, apart from, like, the cinemas, like, the main films and stuff that a lot of it's going to be on Netflix and Disney Plus and Amazon anyway. Like, not going to be shown in cinemas. Like, I don't think I would have gone and watched Ball in cinema. <laughs> yeah, same. Or I would have gone to watch Mank in cinema or yeah. anything. I, I mean, um, like, may, maybe, like, I wouldn't have seen it, like, straight away. But I, I don't know. Like, I, I like, you know, Borat and stuff. So I, I probably would have seen it eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But would you watch it in cinema? Um, if, if there was nothing better on, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> But I think one film I'm definitely going to want to see in cinema is Dune. I d- like. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Dune is going. I don't. I I don't know what's Dune first time at home, like at home. I need like a big big screen to watch it. Yeah. But you have to think it's going to be like this really big cinematic experience, you know? Like yeah. You know, obviously, it's directed by Denis Villeneuve, so it's going to have like the same um, cinematic like. Allure, really, of you know, say Blade Runner uh, twenty forty nine, or you know, like like a Star Wars. You know, it is going to be like the new yeah. Star Wars experience. You know, I'm I'm not saying it's going to be I mean, Star I, Wars, but, yeah, and yeah. like Blade Runner, like twenty forty nine. I watched it like the second time at home, which yeah. is fine, but I think if I watched it the first time at home, I think it kind of I would not have maybe enjoyed it as much. I wouldn't have taken the cinematography for granted. Hmm. Like I would, I wouldn't have liked. I wouldn't have looked at cinematography and think my view of the cinematography would be different if, exactly, yeah. than if I watched it in the cinema. That's the same thing with Dune. Like, now, it looks like they may be releasing Dune in theatres. Well, it looks like they're going to be releasing them anyway in theatres. So it's not like, oh, it's only going to be on HBO Max. 
Now, yeah. So I think we'll be able to still be able to see it in theaters, but that's the thing. Warner Brothers releasing a lot of their stuff on HBO Max. I don't see if it's going to be a big problem for us in Britain because we don't have HBO Max yet. And I don't think we're going to have any kind of news of it coming to HBO Max in the near future. I'm not sure. I hardly had anything, heard anything about HBO Max coming to the UK. Mm. But I think what a lot of these directors and actors are really annoyed at with Warner Bros. is that it's going to be released to HBO Max in America. So a lot of Americans are going to go watch it at home then watch it in the cinema. And thinking about it, about the main domestic, the, the main films like that, the main audience are going to be domestic uh, intakers. Like, yeah, you're right. Like films like um, Godzilla vs. Kong or Dune, they're going to have, they rely more on the domestic audience than maybe the international audience. Yeah. But it's going to be virtual now, and maybe they're going to have to rely more on the international audience to make up the cinema, um, to make up the, the, the money coming from the cinema. Because I don't know, it's weird. Like, Mulan, I don't think, ever made back its money, I don't think, for being on Disney Plus and in cinemas. Yeah. So I don't know I don't know how it works, really, with, like, for, say it's a film like Dune, who's maybe it's going to be, like, $200 million. How much money is that going to be made back by, um, by it being on HBO Max and in a few cinemas worldwide? And if it's not, if it doesn't make that much money back, I really, that's the thing, it's like, I don't want, this film could be amazing. Apparently, Brian Herbert has called this the definitive version of Dune. Yeah. So, if you've got the son of Frank Herbert, I think it's his son, isn't it? Yeah. That's right, yeah. Um, uh, saying this is like, basically, his father's work on screen. Then I want that to continue. I don't want Warner Bros. to be like, Oh, we didn't make as much money as we wanted, so we're going to scrap a sequel. <laughs> yeah. Because they didn't release it on, we decided to release on HBO Max, and they're not releasing cinemas. I, I could, I could I be understand well. why we. Yeah, I, I think, I think so. I, I do think, I do think, Doom would be one of these films. It's like, oh, Dennis for a new Blade Runner. I think a lot of people are going to, even if you live in America, you're going to go to cinemas to watch it. Because of this kind of like a cinematic quality, I don't find that with Godzilla versus Kong. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, like the the old like so let's let's say Godzilla. Um, um, what's what's the other one called? No, uh, Kong Skyline Sky Island and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, King of the Monsters. It's like they're quite checkered. You know, they're not great. I mean, I remember like I, I think I went with you to see him in cinema, like. I, I I was enjoyed. I was thrilled. You know, like I I, I liked watching the monsters fight each other. It's basically monster battle from yeah. Transformers. Yeah, it, it's like yeah. I, I'd much rather watch it as a five minute video on YouTube and not a two hour movie. You know. Yeah, and even the upcoming Kingsman film, uh, I think yeah. I'll well watch that at home because I don't see that going to cinema and watching it. And it's kind of like, well, maybe I might change my mind. Uh, don't hold me, you know, don't hold me on that. Uh, but you know, it's not it's, it's not one of those films where like, oh, do I need to watch it in cinema where I can just watch it like, yeah, because my TV I usually watch these film, films on isn't like some really shit 1980s TV huh. where like, you know, 
it's really static or anything. It's like, you know, flat screen TVs, isn't it? Yeah. 4K. Hmm. You, know, so you can have good quality anyway. Yeah. You don't need to go to cinema to watch it. But I think yeah. a film like Dune, yeah. I think you're going to have I think you definitely will want to watch it in cinema because it's got that cinematic, that that cinematic gravitas. like gravitas to it. I don't think King's Men will would do. Maybe Black Widow is kind of like a good cinema to watch it because it's like I watch every uh, Marvel film in cinema, so yeah. it's kind of like a tradition. Yeah, isn't it weird, right? The only Marvel like MCU film I haven't seen in cinema was Thor: The Dark World, and that one's really shit. <laughs> So you know, like I, I've seen every single one in cinema that matters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even even the Incredible Hulk, you know that one. But um, was it? What was I gonna say? Like, I, I'm I'm sure I've told you this before, but like I would love to see like, a, um, a cinema put put on a show in of Gladiator. Yeah, I, I, but both cinemas are the ones I struggle with because they're not like brand cinemas. Yeah. They're like local small scale cinemas. Yeah. But I put on these very old, these like classic films. Mm. But they're the ones that I would lose, that would go out of business because of COVID. Yeah. But I, I know, I know, I know what I know what you mean. Mm. Like uh, Gladiator would be a good film to watch yeah. in cinemas. Two thousand and one as well. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Any Kubrick, I think. Any Kubrick. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Titanic. I, I mean, I I don't really like Titanic, but like I like it as like a cinematic sort of piece. It's big, you know. It's very, it's grandiose. So I, I like to watch that. Um, like Avatar as well. Yeah, right? Avatar. Yeah, I remember seeing that in cinema. That was really good. But like, um, I think the last time I saw like a really good like one like that was um, we went to the IMAX and we watched um, yeah, I went with you to Cardiff and we watched uh Dunkirk. Yeah. That was very good. I mean, That's why I definitely had watched in IMAX. Yeah. Same with uh, no, we watched nineteen seventeen Cine Worlds, but still that was yeah. That was great as well. Um because now but now that a lot more like example Disney T V shows are gonna have a kind of cinematic feel to it. We've had that in Mandalorian last year. We've got a definitely a lot more a lot more bro- broader in the later season two of Mandalorian. And we're going to have that in a lot more of the upcoming Star Wars Disney shows yeah. and the Marvel Disney shows. Hmm. So, and that's going to, you know, they're not going to have that in cinema, but you're still going to have kind of cinematic quality at home as well. Oh yeah. Uh, with, with the shows. But like, that's going to be a thing I'm going to watch a lot of. Like next year, it's going to be a lot, lot of yeah. Disney plus viewing. I, um, I like how Disney Plus has sort of managed. Like, I mean, maybe they've they've changed it up and swapped it out a little bit because of what's happening globally. But I like how they've always got something on, be it Star Wars, um, MCU, you know, whatever. They've got something on all the time. Maybe a month or two in between, you know, of nothing. <laughs> You're about you're about this coming year. Yeah, yeah, and and and, yeah, and yeah. Onwards, it's like there's always going to be something on, and I really like that because and I, I like the the method as well of like not just dumping stuff out, just one episode a week. You know, keep keep them coming back. You know, make, uh, maintain the numbers. Because I do. I sorry, mate. Yeah, I, no, carry on. Oh, I was just going to say like it, it maintains the sort of like the hype for every week. You know. Yeah, and. And I think that's one of the problems with Netflix was they were like dumping all their seasons in one yeah. 
yeah. uh, go. And eventually then those seasons, that show will be forgotten when the yeah. couple of... Mm. Uh, unless it's like incredible. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. Know, like the Queen's Gambit or the Witcher. The Witcher, even when it was all dropped in the one week, one day, yeah, it was still talked about until like January. Hmm. Um, but like I do, I do like the one episode a week thing, and I'm glad Amazon are kind of doing it now with like the boys and the Expanse. I mean, dropping the first three episodes uh, in the same day that, that's fine because maybe in the case of the Expanse, the first three episodes were kind of like slow, like there wasn't not a lot yeah. happening. Yeah. I mean, I, I, think, with, I think that was yeah. purposeful. Yeah, I think, yeah, but now, like, I do like talking about, uh, you know, I do like listening to reviews and episode discussion with each episode that comes out, hmm. and then wait for the next episode to come out. Did really well with The Mandalorian yeah. this, this season. Yeah. I think if The Mandalorian came out on the same day, I don't know, I don't think that whole Luke Skywalker reveal would maybe... Being more people, do you reckon people be more shocked or less shocked? If um, it, for example, it's uh, like it was only one day. It's like this, right? Like people wouldn't appreciate the other details. Like yeah, um, exactly. It's like this, right? So like, exactly what you just said. People would be talking about Luke and how monumentous that moment was, but no one would be talking about Cobb Vanth, Boba. No, no. Ahsoka, exactly, you're right. Um, Ahsoka, yeah. Um, did I say Bo-Katan? You know, like... Um, yeah, yeah. Like, they wouldn't, like, respect those episodes. The Bilbo episode, right, the, the Believer, that was probably one of the best-written episodes they've ever done, well-directed as well by Rick Famuyiwa. People would just forget about it because it'd all be about Luke. Yeah. And I think they've got it perfect how every week people are looking, you know, they, they sort of dig in for all these nuggets in each episode and they appreciate each episode for what it is. And I think that's what yeah, definitely. that's what we'll do from now on. Like, um, and keep them short as well. That's what I've realized. Like, um, I think the One Division show is going to have about eight episodes. Uh, um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to have, I think it's like six or seven episodes. I think uh, One Division's got six. Six, I, right? I okay. Think so. I, they're mini series, but I don't know if they're going to make like a second season of like, mm. One Division. Mm. I w- I wouldn't mind really if they if they if they make it quite uh, open and closed. You know, like a limited series, maybe. I, I wouldn't mind it because as long as it tells a good story. Yeah, yeah, but, um, definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm hyped for all of it, and I like how if they go the same way as the Mandalorian, they'll cut out all these sort of like filler episodes and just focus on. The yeah, plot. well, I think that's one of my criticisms was the first season of Mandalorian where there was a couple of filler episodes. I, I think it was just trying and, to find his feet. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And obviously, the first season is really like a pilot season. Yeah, really. Yeah. And, and you have to uh, think it it was basically a test two baby. Yeah, yeah, good point. And I think what I think the passenger was the only episode of the Mandalorian this season didn't like was because it was a filler episode. Yeah, it it was just like oh we need to get from A to B so let's just like have a little like cool down from like the the premiere and then get going from there. I, I thought it was quite. I was, quite, I was looking at this like okay, Peyton Reed maybe. Like he directed, like he, his direction's great, but he yeah. maybe directed the weakest episode of the Mandalorian season two with the passenger. Hmm. But then they, they, but then he then directed probably the best episode of the Mandalorian season two. Then yeah. with it, the season final, it's, it's really weird, right? Because I wasn't a fan of his direction in Ant Man or Ant Man and the Wasp, 
But then I found his direction in um, in the Mandalorian episodes. Uh, what's that? So that's chapter 10 and chapter 16, I think. Yeah. They, they were just it. like, yeah, they, they were just, they were good. I mean, obviously the passenger, as you said, like it's not the strongest, but yeah, like I really like it. And maybe that's like John Favreau and Dave Filoni in the background going, you know, like, like um, keep keeping the course you know, maintaining the course, maybe just like helping to guide her along, keeping it smooth. But yeah, like I, I really like him, and I really like like looking at the the gallery episode. Like he, he has a really good sense of humor. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, maybe like the, my favorite. I need, I, need, oh, I, I need to watch just the second one. Yeah, season two. I think it's out now, isn't it? Oh, the second one's out now. Oh, right. I think so. I've only sure. seen the first episode. So. Well, the gallery. Yeah. Of for season one, because I think season two one's out now on Disney Plus. Oh right. Oh okay. No, I, I, season two. Yeah, I'm talking about season two. Yeah. Oh okay. So what were you uh, saying? Um, oh, yeah. I, I was just saying like, yeah, like like watching that gallery episode, right? And like they just, it's really weird, right? Because they go through every episode, and like they 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 do it much better than the first season of the gallery because they focus on the directors and the actors. Yeah. And not. Yeah. The bloody like the producers like that little like round table thing they did, it's much more um, uh, personal now. It's about what the directors wanted to like their love for Star Wars, how they injected it into the um, into their episodes, and more about yeah. you know they had a lot more from Doug Chang this season, and anybody that doesn't know Doug, uh, Doug Chan, he is he was monumental in the prequels of designing ships and 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 the droids and places you know like he he like so very famous design from the prequels is the uh n1 starfighter like the naboo starfighter he designed that so he is he is monumental in sort of like the 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 polished very shiny aesthetic of the prequels and he is on the mandalorian like as um a design consultant i believe or you know something to that effect and yeah, like it, it. I was I was watching on Christmas Day. You know, it's like background stuff, like opening presents and 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 that. And and I I don't know, like it it makes you fall in love with Star Wars all over again. Yeah, you I know? do need to watch uh, get more to watching that because uh, I'm kind of like a I don't really watch a lot of the background behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, which I really should do a lot more of. Hmm. Uh, I did I did watch the um get the season eight one. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. But then I was so pissed off at season eight Game of Thrones. Yeah, I uh, did enjoy it because I know. Yeah, that's, um... oh yeah, yeah. That's... <laughs> Hang on, Game of Thrones season eight that came out this year, right? No, two thousand nineteen. Jesus. Whew, I thought it came out this year then. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why when I watched that behind the scene, I think it's like uh you watch this ended or something like that. I can't remember yeah. what this record. Yeah. But I didn't enjoy it because it was like, this season was bad. I don't really, it's kind of controlled me watching it because I want to say, oh, this is how they made a bad, bad season. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think it was just, I, I haven't seen it, so don't quote me on this, but I just think it would just be like them defending their actions or passing the buck. So every time I see the, the, the double D's on, uh, on it, Dan and, uh, the, you know, two, the two, um, David, uh, you know, I'd be like yeah, Dan, uh, and Dave. <laughs> Dan and Dave. I'd be like just getting triggered. It's like, yeah. it's like I mean, I, my favorite show. I understand like they um 
you know they 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 they'd had enough by then you know they wanted to go into other projects but i don't know like what what pissed me off really like like really badly was they they didn't like the sort of like being associated with game of thrones anymore in effect right but they would accept a cameo in westworld which like it had like that the massive cgi dragon and and, that made a I made it worse. For them yeah, as well. I, I know, like, oh, you know, I remember, like, uh, when it came, that episode came out of Westworld, and they were saying, like, oh, wow, like, did you catch this Game of Thrones reference? I was like, did I catch that Game of Thrones reference? It was, it was like obnoxiously obvious. It was like it was obnoxious. It was like in my face. And then they I had, think if Game of yeah, I think if Game of Thrones season eight was really great season. I think people be kind of like that kind of little cameo. Yeah, they, they just think it was like, uh, okay, yeah, Game of Thrones, yeah. Then like, I think people watch Westworld, like, okay, Game of Thrones season eight was shit. Yeah. I want to watch mm. another HBO yeah. show. And then you got Game of Thrones, and then you got the, the, the David and Daniel mm. pin. You're like, yeah. oh, for God's sake, like this is like the worst time. Mm. Like, it, it just, it just felt when that was released. It just felt like they were just like. Congratulate, <coughs> you know, just say like congratulating themselves on on making. Yeah, shows. yeah. You know, it was like, I I know there's a lot of people working hard on these productions. I know, but like, Westworld season three was a mess. Game of Thrones season eight was was a shambles, absolute shambles, right? But then like they had they had like the goal, right, to just like essentially just pat each other on the back, saying, "Haha, like like you're you're in this like great show. You were also in a great show, weren't you?" Oh yeah, yes, yeah, I was. Yeah. It just it just felt really like arrogant and in your face. And then and then they had the goal as well to reference uh Jurassic Park. And I was like, oh my God, like can you hear yourselves? Like who wrote this? Who who wrote that? <sighs> Right. <laughs> as you can tell we are a fan of these uh these seasons <laughs> um i was go i was going to quickly go before we go on to the uh, rating our top tv shows and films yep. i want to come back to talk about like a lot of this at the end as well yeah but i was an idea i had where uh well a question i want to ask is the idea of releasing an episode each week yeah i reckon netflix would definitely do it and have the witcher have an episode each week. Um, it wouldn't have worked for the first season because of um, because of the timeline thing, and I think you need to watch it all in one go. Yeah, um, especially for casuals. But because now people enjoy The Witcher and it's found an audience, and people are looking forward to the second season, I do think they should release what the first episode one week and then the second episode another week. Yeah, I mean, like, did, didn't week. didn't Netflix do that? Didn't they release a show episode? Uh, week by week. I do think it, I think it was Better Call Saul. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah. That. So I I, yeah. I I wanted to find the precedent for them doing that. So maybe yeah. for like maybe not so much like the, the crap they put on Netflix, but like the actual stuff people want to watch, they will do that from now on because they can see like stuff like Disney Plus and like Amazon, the model they're going for, they should follow it because that's what. Binge what? Well, yeah. If you'd like binge watching the whole show, yeah. then you know it's fine. Yeah. You know, I'm not you know um, criticize you. You know, I do like binge watching the show now and again. Yeah, but then sometimes I do like like watching a show and like thinking about it and then waiting for the next one to come out. Yeah, because then you're a lot more excited. Mm. That's why I if it, if it's a, like The Witcher, I didn't watch The Witcher all in one day. 
Like I watch it one episode one day and the other episode another day. Yeah, yeah. But I like thinking about it. Yeah. But I do think that this idea of binge watching, it was great at the beginning when Netflix was like really obviously big with House of Cards yeah. and all that. And with like the you know, the Marvel Netflix shows. But now I think it's going in a different direction where it's going back to kind of like primetime TV one episode yeah. a week. Mm. I, 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 I think I prefer that now because it's like, I don't know, I, maybe like I've fallen in love with it again because of like the Mando and stuff. But like, I really like the idea of you watch something and then you you you, you formulate your own theories about what's going to happen next week. You have like yeah, discussions yeah. with people. Yeah, I, I love that. It does make you feel like you know you're young again. Like you've just watched like maybe the latest episode of Doctor Who, and it's just ended on a cliffhanger, and and then you're in school and you're like you're, de- you're debating with like these other like kids in school about what you think is going to happen to the Doctor next time. And yeah, or even know. like when Game of Thrones was good. Yeah, yeah. You, know, like, you're watching Ned Stark's death, and then yeah. a week later you need to find out what's happened. Yeah. Or like the Red Wedding, where you see this like Red Wedding massacre, and you're like. Hmm. Oh my god, he leaves on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Or, or Jamie Lannister then, loses his hand and, and yeah, he cuts yeah, the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Like, because uh, at the end of the day, right, that is entertainment. And I know, like, I do, as you I said, there they are like positives to binge watching shows. But, like, when, when, when you have like the option to, oh my god, I wonder what's going to happen, you just turn it on and then, oh, that. It's like, it's a bit of a letdown because you haven't had that chance to sort of like, uh, you know, to, to chew on what you've seen. But I do think Netflix should do it with their big, like, their big, like, products, their big shows. Yeah. Like, The Queen's Gambit, I don't mind it being binge-watching. Yeah. Oh, did you watch it, because, by the way? Yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did finish it. it. Um, but shows like Stranger Things and maybe The Witcher, maybe The yeah. Last Kingdom, I reckon they should do week episode week by week of uh yeah. of that i do i do well we we know well if they do do it then i'd, I'd be happy um yeah i mean maybe, maybe, sure, i won't watch it yeah <laughs> i mean i don't know like how they'd sort of design um how they'd go about it but maybe i think some of them they're going to keep as binge watching shows um yeah and, and some of them as like a week by week as you say like a prime time sort of like slot yeah 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 yeah, like no, the only thing is like they release it like really weird times because it's like, especially for like Disney Plus, they've released them at like really strange times. Like, I think I think they said like the only ones who watch it like prime time are like, um, what is it, like West Coast America. I think it's that. Well, they they watch it at yeah. two o'clock in the morning in yeah. UK time. Yeah, well, that's the same thing with HBO shows. That's why I stayed up to two o'clock to watch Game of Thrones because it was on Sky at two yeah. o'clock in the morning. But I think they're going to do what the Mandalorian did and just obviously they release it like on just straight on, like straight away on the uh, platform. Yeah. But the thing is with uh, Sky is it's going to be showing at two different times. So like with Game of Thrones, the American audience will watch it at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and then the UK audience will watch it at nine o'clock. Yeah, it was watershed, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But now with streaming, then you don't have to have that two different time slots. You can just put it onto one. Yeah. That's the reason. That's Mandalorian. That's why I think a lot of UK audiences watch Mandalorian episodes every Friday before 
the America. Yeah. Because America would just be people be awake sleeping and they wake up and watch the episode. Yeah. Yeah. That's why when I watched the Mandalorian episode, there was like hardly any like uh after like after a couple of hours watching it because I usually watch it around like seven eight o'clock in the morning, hmm. and then there would be no like reviews or YouTube videos for a while until Americans all get up and watch it, and then there's like the rest of Friday afternoon, it's like an influx of like yeah. these uh, Mandalorian episode discussion, Easter yeah. eggs and all that. Mandalorian reaction videos. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Top 10 Easter eggs of the Mandalorian oh, yeah, season two. Yeah. It's like, um, what was I going to say? Like, uh, oh, bloody hell, I forgot. Like, oh, that's what I was going to say. Isn't it, do you think it's going to be weird, right? Say if like HBO Max, like they do release stuff on Sky, watching the Snyder Cut on Sky, isn't that weird? That'd be good. Yeah. That'd be good. I, I wouldn't. I would definitely enjoy that. Mm. I would like it. Maybe. Do, we, do you reckon they're gonna put it all in one go? Or do you reckon they're gonna do like an episode? Each um, week? I hope they do it week by week. Because especially yeah, yeah. if it's gonna be like four or five like installments in a way, I want it to be like um, chapter one, and then next week you watch yeah. chapter two. Yeah. You know, and, it, and yeah. it's almost like yeah. self-contained or like the story yeah, yeah. told. Yeah. Like a typical yeah. miniseries, yeah, like, yeah, but be like a dramatic miniseries. Mm. I do hope this is this is good. I don't know if it's going to be good. I do think it's yeah. going to be maybe a bit mixed, but not as bad as the yeah. Joss Whedon. I, Just League. I think it'd be obviously it's going to be very Snyder, and obviously, yeah, it's made for the fans. It's not made for like you know, it's not made for like critics at the end of the day. The Snyder, no, no, it's going to be made for people, so many times, yeah. It's going to be made for these people who enjoy the Snyderverse. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that a, is that a thing? The Snyderverse, you know, like I think it's yeah, yeah. I think it's called. Yeah. I've, I've I heard of Snyderverse. Yeah. I haven't heard it a lot, but oh well, you know what I mean, don't you? Like I yeah. I remember I, I don't know how old I was. It was a good couple of years ago now. The Man of Steel was released, and people didn't. I remember reading like at the time, people didn't like how Snyder portrayed Krypton. And I and I thought it was amazing, like it, it was it was so different to what it'd been portrayed as before. Like before, it was Krypton was like a planet of crystals, and you know every everyone you had like um uh everyone was dressed in like white flowing robes, and you know. But he was he was going to for a dark approach, yeah, and, 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 and like dark, think, dark night approach yeah. to it. I, I well. think that fit because like you had like this dark world, right? Essentially, no pun intended. Um, but like you have the Man of Steel, who's like this bright beacon of hope, right? You see him, right? I know they say like um, the Snyder films are dark, but you see him in that one scene in Man of Steel where he's basking in the sunlight. Yeah, and, yeah. and it, it's perfect. It's like he's like the he's the he's like light, isn't he? And then you have like again, right? People were saying Batman was too dark. Batman is meant to be like the polar opposite of Superman. He's meant to be brutal. He's meant to be vengeance and and the night. But there, there's, there's graphic novels and comics that Batman's way darker than well, he yeah, was well, in Batman. The Dark Knight Returns, uh, sorry, yeah. um, Batman's versus Superman is an unabashed adaptation of the Dark Knight yeah. Returns. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and people people will get what they what they want, don't it? So if you if if you're told right, oh yeah, basically we're gonna we're gonna bring in the Dark Knight Returns Batman, it's like oh cool. So don't go in there expecting to get um, Adam West. 
<laughs> you know, or, or um, yeah, you know, like like a really campy one. Not Marvel. It's not Marvel. Yeah, I'm, that's obviously... the thing, right? Marvel is not DC. Expect. I mean, I think the only one or two comics that I think will be if they ever put on very important screen that should definitely be very dark or the yeah. darkest thing on Marvel is yeah. uh, Deadpool kills Marvel Universe. That is a really yeah. I mean, the story of that is really messed up and it's bloody. Yeah. Like even then, though, I think especially after Deadpool's been acquired by uh, Disney now, like it's going to be a bit tame. Is that the right word? You know, it, yeah. it's going to be a bit more. I, I, yeah, I, no. I, I don't think they're going. Do, I don't think they're going to do an adaptation of that because you can have these like kids who like love Captain America, Iron Man, and all exactly, that, yeah. and you just see Deadpool just yeah. kill them in most grotesque ways. Well, I, I, I'm not going to. Well, what if, what if it, what if it's in what if a, a, a little surprise cameo by Deadpool? That'd be cool. Oh yeah, that'd be cool, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's set in the MCU, but it's like a, yeah. it's like a what if, really. Yeah, well, it's meant to so be the, um, the, the Watcher saying, what if this happens? So it's a way of yeah, bringing yeah. in alter, yeah. alternate universes. You know, why not? Yeah. Or, or do a, do an, another installment of what if? You know, do do something similar to it. Like um, Marvel Other Worlds, or I don't know, other universes. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I think... Um, the future is looking very bright for um, Marvel, DC, Star Wars. We got so much talk about next next year yeah. as well. Like, even if it's like maybe because we're not going to watch like every single film that comes out. We're oh, not like no. we're not we're not film critics who can watch every single thing. We we can't pick and choose what yeah. we watch, but we usually try and pick stuff that we like and the common people like main people like yeah so obviously Mandalorian and stuff and we're definitely going to be watching um uh, all the the dear you know marvel stuff as well uh like one division uh falcon wind soldier loki and uh, we definitely do bad batch as well oh I think god that's yeah come out soon as well but um i mean also we're going back and doing a lot of stuff that films that classic films that we like and we want to talk about as well so uh there's so much to talk about. Like this is technically season two starts next yeah. week. Well, how season season two might last for the whole year, yeah. really. You, you have to you have to think, right? Like, um, I mean, spoilers, but we're gonna do something about um James Bond, so expect like a lot of like you know sp- yeah. spy stuff, you know, essentially. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, we're covering the Daniel Craig Bond yeah. films and, as well. Um, I apologize in advance if I try and like do an impression of James Bond because I I know that I will. <laughs> so I apologize. Really like you've done this every episode, pretty much every episode. Trying to do the pressure. I I, 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 like, I like doing voices. I, I might not be like. I know. I know. I know. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's fun, isn't it? You know. And uh, as I think I said before, we can be doing a lot of Star Wars stuff as well. Yeah. Because I think so. We're gonna be going through every single Star Wars film, and each episode, an episode will be based on each Star Wars film. Um. We'll be doing Phantom Menace soon as well, and then we could do a couple of the um, the TV shows as well, like Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff like that. So it's gonna be a lot of like, but you know, I think Star Wars is like one of our favorite franchises to talk about. Talk about here. Yeah, we're not. Sorry, uh, we're not technically a Star Wars podcast. No, because I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to be a podcast that sticks to just one. Yeah, franchise. yeah. 
I mean, yeah, and then, um, then like yeah. going off brand if we talk about something. Not yeah, not yeah, or focus on one genre. I like talking about like a range of stuff. Yeah, but we try, we'll try and include like mm. the, the big films as yeah. well. And and uh, don't yeah, you think, don't you think that'd be really good, right? Like, will what with Star Wars, right? Or like the shows and films and and whatnot being like um uh announced, it seems like there's going to be something for everyone. So yeah, you know, may- yeah, maybe they're going for like different tones and stuff. So you know, yeah. maybe maybe the acolyte won't be for us. You know, maybe it'll be for like oh. different audience and and that, and that's cool. You know, I'll watch it. yeah, I'll yeah. Watch it. I'll, 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 I'm gonna watch everything. <laughs> I know yeah, yeah. everything. And, uh, and we're still gonna do Dorkachines and Case Conspiracy, and then we're gonna come up with some new ideas for like little mini little series within the seasons as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's a uh, that's good. Yeah. That's gonna be good. Um, um right so should we, actually should we talk about our top uh you know films shows of the year now um let's do it right so what do you want to start off with the top 10 films or top five tv shows um should we start with um top five tv shows each and then we sort of go into like a top 10 of the movies after that I, yeah, I, yeah 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 so yeah so uh you know uh i do have Basically, you start first and you list like one, which one to, and you say why. You know, you, okay. you know what's like the top, yeah. uh, um, top, top ten stuff. So, so um, start with um, start with like number five, and obviously finish with your best one, okay. number one. So um, top five um, TV shows. I this is not on the list really, but I I really liked it. So it's like an honorable uh, honorable mention. I've got the Queen's Gambit, which is a, nice. a limited series on Netflix starring Anya Taylor Joy. Um, the kid who played George and Reed in Game of Thrones. Um, it, it's it's really good. It, it's it's a chess show, but it's not about chess. You know, and it's it's not boring. It's something always going on. The performances are great, and and like the wardrobe and like the aesthetic they go for is very like it's very nice. It's, it's a very pretty show to look at, and it's very smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, carry on. Um, so this is my top five. So at number five, I chose The Boys season two on Amazon. Good choice. I I, I don't know. I I think it's really good. It's in some areas it's not as good as the first season, but in other ways it sort of makes up for that. And it's it's very contemporary. It's very topical. And I don't know, like the, the performances, especially by um, oh, his name Anthony Starr. So you know, like um, the guy who plays Homelander, he's perfect. Yeah, the, the 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 heroes are all like deliciously evil. You you love to hate them all. You know they're all they all get their moment to shine, and then the boys as themselves, they're just so like for people who are meant to be like the heroes, they are just they're terrible. You know like they they're willing to do all these dark things for like what they see as good. I love it. But um number four, I chose the Good Place season four. It's also the last season. It's it's a I bit. Think I, I, I need to watch that. It, it's really yeah. It's by so NBC um, created it, but it's on Netflix, I believe. Um, it's very good, you know. It's is that Christian Bell is that, in that, in that one? What's that? It's sorry, good place. It's Christian Bell in that. Yeah, one, that's it. it. Yeah, good. she's like yeah, the, main, yeah, yeah. the main character. It's like it's really good because as a, as a comedy show goes, it's really clever and it sort of goes into like these philosophical arguments about the afterlife and and what comes, you know. Why are people like going to hell? And it's it's not preachy though. It's not religious. It's very philosophical, but it's it's quite light. So they don't um, over it. You're never over encumbered by philosophy. It's always quite light, and it's a very pretty show as well. Um, number three, I chose Gangs of London on Sky. 
And um, I mean, I'm not being biased really because he was um, co-created by a Welshman, but um, it's really nice. I love like action is really easy to do is like just schlocky, just, you know, action flicks. But it's more than just action. It's action set pieces and they're done really well. And I think like especially the highlights are the episodes done. uh, I think they're directed by um, Gareth Edwards and they just so like they're very memorable. And it's very um, creative how they use like action as well. It's like, oh, you know, I, I wouldn't have thought of that, but that's really clever. I uh, I'm waiting for season two to come out as well. I, I really like. I'm looking forward to season two as well. Yeah, that's a really good show. So number two, I chose The Mandalorian season two on Disney Plus. Um, well, I, I thought I'd be number one. I know, I know, I know. So oh, uh, I'll tell you what number one is now. But number two, Mandalorian. It's sort of. I, I, the Mandalorian season one was was a very surprising. I think it, it's not like oh you know critically great. I wouldn't think it was like oh the greatest show ever, but it was very surprising. And I, I love the use of practical effects. But in this season, they sort of they use um, the volume in a much more effectual way. I mean, it, it's very I wouldn't say crowd pleasing, but there's there's a lot of like surprising appearances. You know, as we said, like Luke comes back and a soaker, and and they use very well. And and it's almost like I don't know how to describe it. It's it does go into the roots of Star Wars as being like a fantasy show and a space opera, and it it, it does make you feel like a kid again, and that's why it's number two. But but number one uh, for me this year has been The Outsider, which is a, a limited series on HBO. Um, it was based off a Stephen King novel, I believe. But it's it, I don't know. It, I love like the the, the creepy soundtrack. It, it's never like too much. It's always like really light in the background. The performances I really love, especially by um, Ben Mendelsohn. And I don't know, like, it, it comes together with this sort of, like, energy where everyone has this singular purpose, where they're forced to believe something which they know is, like, almost impossible. But they, they come together with this sort of faith that what they're doing is good. And, and it's not that, like, you know, they realize that they're killing this creature, which is, it's doing it to survive. You know, it's it, a very. Uh, yeah. It's I saw. I, I've got a book I'm meaning to yeah. read soon. And I, it's a very dark. Yeah. It's, it's quite a disturbing film, but I love it because it's horror, but it's not. Yeah. It's like really eerie horror, and, and, and I do I do like it. I do like like shows, films set in like uh you know backwards yeah backwards yeah. horror basically what it is. Mm. And um, I believe it was produced by um. Let me just get it up real quick, but um. The Outsider. I really like Paddy Considine in it. I thought he was... Yeah, really he's good. good. Yeah, Like this yeah. guy who's, you know, he's down on his luck. You know, he's trying to be a good person. And then he finds himself then, like, he's going to be accused of, like, these brutal murders. And, um... Oh, yeah, also, so Jason Bateman, he, he starred in the first couple of episodes. And he directed the first, yeah. the first two episodes as well. And I gotta say, I, I thought the direction in every episode was great. And, and every week I did sort of come back thinking... Like oh you know what what has it got in store for me like this time I really love it. I do I think one of the things I do dislike about the show is kind of the final like yeah yeah it does feel a bit like underwhelmed uh but but like I, I, when I read the book I will see what the what the final act is like in, yeah. in the book but hmm. I know some people didn't like the final episode because they thought it's quite yeah. underwhelmed I, but I, then I, but you see a lot of characters die in like oh, uh, yeah yeah I think like episode, a lot of characters die and you're like oh my god like yeah. uh, I thought it'd be like oh you know it's not like 
you know the villain, the creatures defeated and like one person loses their life. No, like a lot of people, yeah, like die. Mm. But I, that's where I like it. Sort of like it's very Stephen King. So it's like you know, yeah, no one's like exempt because they're like main characters, you know, or like yeah. because they're good. Like it's just if you if you're if the if the plot demands you die, you die, you know. But I don't know. I think my favorite part is the soundtrack, and I'm not sure who didn't. Oh, so the the music the soundtrack is really good. Yeah. It's like the main right, theme is really good. It's almost like ambient. It's really so haunting. Yeah. Like uh, the music, I gotta say, is done by Daniel Bensi and Saunder uh, Jurians, I believe. I don't, that's know, I don't know if it's on Spotify. I don't know. I, I like. I I'm trying to find it. Yeah, I can't find I it. I don't think it is. No. Yeah. I'd really like to get it though. I, I, that's probably one of my favorite soundtracks, to be fair. But yeah, um, that's been my favorite five of the year. The Outsider topped it. So yeah, uh, yes, that's really good. I like that list. I was surprised that the, the, <laughs> you loved the Mario Kart too. I thought you were the, had number one. He's like number one, definitely. But <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's, a, that's a good list. Yeah. Um, I mean, majority of those I've watched, apart mm. from the Good Place. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like, but obviously, me, you have like the same tastes and stuff, mm. and uh, um. Yeah, let's go to my one. So these are like honorable mentions before going to the top top five. So honorable mention is uh, Good Lord Bird with uh, oh yeah, uh, what's his name? Ethan Hawke as um, John Brown. This this show is really good, and I do I do what think Ethan Hawke should win best going go for best actor because he's lost in it, like lost in it, and he portrays a guy that is a fanatic, a religious fanatic, and, you know, very violent and all that, and extreme. But you can see the human side of him as well. Yeah. And it, it and obviously it follows um, Onion, which is a boy that they think is a girl. And he pretends to be a girl in order to, like, not get involved in the fighting. Mm. And uh, it follows, really follows him and, like, his relationship with John Brand. But it explores a side of America where after... The uh, you know the the end of slavery and stuff were a struggle where like core southern values of like even it's like 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 clash with these the northern freedom values which you could definitely brings about the start of the civil war and it you know it it shows like uh, a country still like that the idea of how it treats African Americans and all that can like obviously still be felt today it's a very good film. Very good show, I me mean, not film, but uh, I do. And it's a lot of comedy in it as well, which kind of makes it, it it makes it a lot more enjoyable. It's not a very it's not a very dark, depressing film. It's a lot of comedy in it as well, um, and but I think also a lot of the characters, like the the people in the in the show, I like quite like stuff they do is quite comedic as well. Yeah, which makes it like easy viewing and, re- and really good i mean like the, the soundtrack's amazing um yeah and the, the performances are great and the uh, i can't remember who played onion but he i think he's gonna be like quite a good up-and-coming talent in the you know in the, in the years to come really um i rec- really don't recommend watching it it's really good um yeah even hawkins gets lost in john brown he looks you know he's a it's really good. Um, yeah, and another honorable mention I've got is Gangs of London. I mean, 
I love Gareth Evans. Obviously, he's Welsh director, so you know, you got to support your local. <laughs> and um, he directed the Raid films, and I really enjoyed the Raid films. I do love like you know gritty action, and this really you know goes into it. But also, it it's a very much a modernization of like the gangster story. Yeah. Where you know, dear, like the biggest villains aren't like these families, mobsters, and all that. Like we've seen the Godfather and all these other gangster films. You know, these top like you know investors and stuff, bigger powers that basically can control politics, the economy, and all that. They're the biggest villains. They're the biggest gangsters. Yeah. And I do like it. And like the action's amazing. I I always like um I can't remember his name um the the black guy, Elliot, that's it, Elliot, who's um who's basically his undercover cop and infiltrates um um the obviously um the, the fact what's the family called again? Is it the Wallace, the Wallace family? Yeah. And I do love the fight scene. Like the first fight scene he fights a guy with like a meat cleaver. And I feel like this is like you know, like the first boss in like in like a video game, isn't it? Like before you get to the final boss, you gotta go through these other bosses of Dark Souls, isn't it? Where you get got the meat cleaver and he's like they're fighting and the way it's shot is amazing. And there's another episode where he fights this basically like this hitman and that is like another boss fight as well. Uh, but I think the the fifth episode where they go to North Wales and that shootout in the house. Oh my god. It is the most bloodiest thing I have seen on TV. The, like the the violence is up to like up to 110. Like it's it's amazing. It's brutal. It's grim. I loved it. The plot is really good as well. Um, who played uh, Sean Wallace? Um, oh, is he from? Uh, oh, Joe. Joe. Um, oh, oh uh, Col- Colmini. Colmini. Yeah, he yeah. Uh, he's he's really from, good. Uh, Deep Space in, uh, yeah, and and uh, yeah. It's got a kind of Peaky blind, Blinders vibe to it as well, but I really enjoy it. We really enjoy it. The action is and the music is great as well. Um, yeah, so going to um, number five, I would definitely say uh, The Last Kingdom Season 4. Oh, nice. I really enjoyed The Last Kingdom Season 4. Um, I liked how it, well, and I know it, it's kind of diverges away from the books, which some people might be critical about, but I really enjoyed it as well. It, you know, and even part of playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I want, I want to <laughs> yeah. watch it. We watched it again. Um, Utrecht's a great protagonist. It's a great, great person to follow. Great character. Uh, I do obviously this season is like, I say you could feel Alfred's like the presence not there anymore, and I wasn't really a big fan of like. Uh, of like Edward, but I think that's more tuned with the character. It's not just poor writing. I think it's just the character, how the character is in the books mm-hmm. and how he really was in real life. But, you know, lo- lots of violence, lots of uh, action. Um, I'm really good, really good. I, I do say season three is probably my favourite season, but season four, top notch. And Netflix, obviously, putting all their money into it and making a big budget, um, you know, Viking Age uh, drama show. Yeah. And number four, I've got The Boys Season 2. I really enjoyed I prefer The Boys Season 2 to Season 1. There is, I do like the the action in it, the whole political commentary, how more develops in it. I do love, uh, you know, I think Homelander was one of the best villains that came out last year. 
in television. And uh, yeah, he's fully, fully, fully developed here, and he continues to be one of the best, um, the best characters in television, best villains in in the, um, in the, you know in television right now. And Andy Starr portrays him brilliantly, and Carl Urban portrays Billy Butcher as well brilliantly as well. I do, I did like it. Really good show. Uh, number three, I've got The Queen's Gambit. As you said before, it's a game about chess. But it's not just about chess. It's about um, like battling another opponent, not on the battlefield, yeah. a different type of battlefield on the on chessboard set. It's you know, it's about addiction. It's about basically like um, loss, and really, it's about a a woman, a girl trying to find a way in a male-dominated sport, yeah. which is you know really good. I thought it's based on a true story. It's not, um, but even if it isn't fictional, it's still really good. Uh, Anna Taylor Joy does a tremendous performance, uh, and I uh, do what think she should be nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actress. It um, it was created by oh um, one of the writers of Logan, and he did also um, oh what was it a, a west like a western uh, uh, drama miniseries. Who who uh, created it? Um, um, so it's he, A. Scott Frank and uh, Alan Frank, Scott. Yeah, 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 yeah. Scott Frank. Yeah, yeah. he's a he did. Um, he's a really good writer. And I think this is one of the best uh, Netflix originals has come out in a long time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Everyone do watch Queen's Gambit because it's not you know it doesn't make chess. You know, if you don't enjoy chess, yeah. it does make chess sound uh, really. <laughs> it makes it sexy. <laughs> yeah and uh yeah definitely and i think chess sets went like yeah yeah it did yeah so many chess sets are bought like after watching this uh the numbers were ridiculous uh and number two i have got babylon berlin as season three now you i don't think you watched the show have you um uh, so I, i've heard of it it's, it's a, a german production I, I, I do think you should watch it this is probably it's, the show is probably one of my favorite shows that's come out in like the last couple of years. Um, it's great. It's a German production. It's uh, obviously it's in German, but it's got English site- subtitles. Uh, so you haven't got like you know the the, the dubbed English, um, but uh, in some other shows. But it's really great. It's on Skylantic. Um, but it's really great. It's it's uh, German noir, like and it's, oh, nice. it's like homages to classical noir. And it's a very different type of noir as well. It's set between 90, the late 1920s. This season, season three, it's basically leading up to the Wall Street crash. It's about and, the Weimar Republic, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's 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 set in a really dark. It's set in the dark times of the Weimar Republic, where like you know, you know, it's hindsight. You know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But you see, not and the first season's really clever, where it induced like. Um, like this uh, organization, this secret uh, group of people who wanted to bring back the Kaiser oh, right. uh, to power. And you see a, like the Nazis are in the background, but not fully. In this season, they are. And this, uh, this season is really interesting. It's co- like it's like a murder's happened on this film production. And Gion Raff, Gion Raff, which is the main antagonist, he is this detective that, uh, you know, struggles. He's got like addictions to drugs and all that. He's like, a soldier struggles with PTSD from World War One, so he's like that kind of noir protagonist that is like you know 
quite grey, uh, you know, struggles in life. And, um, yeah, basically investigates this, this um, film production. Charlotte Ritter, which is, like, the female um, the female protagonist as well, she's this woman that's trying to be a detective in this male-dominated work, workplace. And it's really interesting. And, uh, yeah, really good. The cinematography, I think it's, I've seen, I think you've seen some of the stuff I put on this, the the story of the cinematography, the shots. Yeah, yeah. Really well done. It really, like, I would say it's like HBO-ish, like, like TV quality. And it's, it's really good. And, um, you know, it's, it's like, noir. there's so many, like, twists and turns, suspense, yeah. tension, they're around their corner. So I really recommend you watch it, um, definitely. And I see, uh, and number one is the Mandalorian season two. Uh, yeah, I do think this is probably the best show that's come out this year. And the appearance of Luke Skywalker basically like solidified that. And it's amazing. Uh, the double F's, Favreau and Filoni, done so well, uh, continuing the Star Wars, bringing new characters in, while also bringing characters from Legends from other from other like style material into it and making it work well, like and, and making it work well. And it's now relaunched basically this golden age of star Wars, which I hope will continue. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's it. And as I said earlier, I think probably the, my least favorite episode was a passenger, but like apart from yeah. that, I loved everything. Else. Yeah. The, uh, performances were great. The, um, relationship between the Mandalorian and Grogu, baby Yoda, you know, was great yeah and uh more developed and probably um i would say two of the episodes are up there my favorite episodes on tv ever mm. and the season final was probably a, a roller coaster of emotions and it did so well and i can't wait for the zap and cobb star wars tv shows on disney they really i did they definitely made up in my opinion for the sequel the trilogy of the sequel trilogy, <laughs> the, yeah. But uh, that's it. That's my top. That's my top uh, five uh, TV shows. Uh, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so do, let's go on to talk about films. Then, do you want to start with films? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, so it's top ten films. Top ten, right? So, descend in order. Uh, number ten, I chose. Uh, the Borat subsequent movie film, so you know, Borat Two or the Borat sequel, um, it's it's not like the greatest film, but I think like I choose it because it's like you know it's very like topical at the moment. It, it's very funny. It is like it, it recaptures um, like the original Borat, and it but it, it's sort of like I don't know. It's it's shocking because it's so tro- uh, topical and and contemporary at the moment. And I really like the sort of like the addition of um, Borat's daughter as well. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like the, the obviously it wasn't meant to be about like the, uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic, but I love how like they they introduced it in a very thoughtful way, and you know, it, it, it sort of like it just satirizes everything about like the modern political climate of America. Well, on like the world stage at the moment, uh, and how everything that we've seen—it's sort of um, it's it, this year in a nutshell. I, I I think it's really clever, and uh, yeah, definitely. I think um, Sasha Brown Cohen's a very clever man. You know, I, th- I think he's very um, his style of comedy is very funny. I think he's how he can sort of like 
create this mockumentary sort of film. It's it's very clever. Uh, the, the the end I wasn't that particular on. You know, I think it, it was quite um, doctored in a way, like to make uh, Giuliani more <laughs> yeah. more complicit. Yeah. I think, but I think the movie it's still a very very funny and very topical uh, piece at the moment. Um, whether it'll age well, we we'll see. But I really like it. Um, number nine, I chose um, the Gentleman, directed by Guy Ritchie. Um, I think it's very much a tour, um, a return to form by Ritchie this year. Um, I mean, I, I I was quite a, I was a fan of the King Arthur movie. I liked the performances in it, but it was quite it was the story was quite weak, and um, some of the performances in there were quite poor. But I I like how Ritchie's returned to this sort of like you know the, the, the you know the, um, not glamorized but the sort of like um, what what made him big. Like yeah, snatch yeah, and, yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah. um, it's it's yeah, it reminded me of like the the old you know like lock stock you know like yeah, I think like certain things they're all backstabbing each other. It's really good. And I think I do think one of my favorite scenes from that film is when uh, Charlie Hunnam's chasing these uh like bunch of like utes and uh and he yeah. goes under <laughs> under the tunnel and he just literally they're like they got knives and stuff and he wants that phone and yeah. then he just pulls out like a like a submachine gun. Like yeah. a UC, and I'm like at the top yeah. of those, I'm laughing. I I, like, I thought it was really good. Yeah, like he's running after, oh, like, um, you know, and and like I, I like how they sort of integrate like the sort of like modern youth culture of like especially like inner city London with like the sort of yeah. like, with high fashion at the moment. Yeah, I yeah. I, I really like how they sort of like it's it's quite not I I I, I don't want to use the word glamorizes like um gangster culture, but it's. I don't. It's almost like a, a fetishizing of of like the culture of like it's ultra glamorous, but it's dangerous. It's edge to it, and obviously you know, it's really fun. I like Charlie Hunnam in it. Um, uh, Hugh Grant. Um, I forget his name. He's the American character in it. Let me just Google him. Oh, uh, Matthew McConaughey. Um. Oh no, no, no. Uh, I like Matthew McConaughey. Oh no, no. Um. You're all about. Um, oh, what's his name? He was in, the guy from Succession. You mean? Um, yeah, and he's he's also in yeah. Um, yeah, I forget his name though. Damn it. Yeah, he's in Succession. Um, he's really good in it. Um, number eight on my list is the Trial of the Chicago Seven, directed by Aaron Sorkin. That American character I was just talking about. He's also in this. He's one of the protesters along with um Aaron, yeah. Aaron Cohen's uh, character. Um. I wasn't really a fan of Eddie Redmayne in this. I thought his accent was very distracting. Jeremy Strong, must it? Jeremy, Jeremy Strong. Strong. I thought he was yeah, awesome yeah, yeah. in this. Him and Sasha Baron Cohen were very. Their characters are meant to be, um, you know, like the comic relief in a way. But I really liked the sort of like the the questions it posed, especially of like the, the culture at the time, the social issues, the, the justice system, how he was from the start. It was rigged against them. Um, yeah, I, I really like the sort of like the story I tried to tell with um, uh, and Yahya Ahmed the second. Um, is that his name? Damn it! Oh, uh, yeah, I think I think it's Yahya Ahmed the second. Uh, Yahya Abdul Ab- Mateen, Ab- sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. As Bobby Seal, I thought he was great. I, I initially didn't recognize him. He, he that scene, that's the scene where he is um, strung up. What you call it? Yeah. He's like, yeah, strung up. It's shocking. It, it's it, like it is, it, it's it's yeah. it's sickening. Yeah, and, yeah. And I know it's like it's it's meant to be in a movie, but it, it does make you feel like 
this is this really happened. You know, this is happening now. I, I, I really like coming out during the George Floyd protest yeah. and all that. I um I really liked Fra- uh, Frank Langella as um Judge Julius Hoffman. Um, mm. I, I thought him portraying this sort of like incompetent judge. I thought he was really good in that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I also there was um John Carroll Lynch. I really like him acting anyway. So yeah, I, I really like the performances, except for Eddie Redmayne. I didn't like him. But uh, next, uh, number seven, I have 1917, directed by Sam Mendes. Um, I, I really liked the sort of like the long shot, you know, how, how like it was, it was masterful, you know, the interactions with everyone in the trenches and um, especially in the burning town. I thought that was brilliant. I loved it. Um, the lighting was brilliant. A, a few times you could tell where, where the cuts were. I, I didn't really mind that. I thought everyone in it though, like had a, a time to shine. Especially like some of the characters, who, like I know they're quite big name actors, but they didn't sort of like take me out of the movie that much. I I liked how small scale the plot was. You know, it's not like oh we're trying to save the world, it's we're trying to save like these people from dying. You know, because there's going to be a trap. I liked that. Um, number six, I chose The Devil All the Time, and that's directed by. Let me have a look. Um, I really liked how um. Not not how dark it was. Oh, sorry. So it's directed by Antonio Campos. Um, I really liked how the story it it, it weaves between characters and and at the beginning, it, you think like, well, you know, why why are these people interacting with each other? I don't get it. And then they all sort of come together and it makes sense. It's it's like a tapestry being woven together. I, I loved it. Um, Number five, I chose uh, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, directed by Charlie Kaufman. Um, I really like Charlie Kaufman's like, writing anyway. I think it's very depressing, this movie. But, I mean, then again, The Devil All the Time was. But this one is very, uh, you know, it, it's it's a lament of what could have been. And it doesn't, you know, you walk away thinking like, oh, you know, like, what, what, what the fuck did I just watch? But I like how, like, how creative the film was, how, you know, it's showing like this old man trying to remember things and trying to put them in order and what could have been. It, it, I really like it. Um, soundtrack's really cool, too. Um, number four, The Five Bloods, directed by Spike Lee. Um, I think it was it was like a surprise hit. I didn't think there was a lot of... Um, a lot of hype or any sort of like publicity behind. I do think I do think Black Klansman did help because yeah, Black yeah. Klansman was like in the form of Stanley. Yeah, and then obviously Black Klansman was a really good film. Yeah. So when The Fly of Bloods was yeah. announced, people were like, mm. oh, you know, it's going to be big, big more big budget yeah. for uh, Spike Lee, yeah. but people look. It's um, it's really cool. I like how um, it's 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 almost like a twin of Black Klansman, and that's not just because they're both directed by Spike Lee. Um, I really like how it's it's like, you know, you know, it's it is like the plight of African American people during this time. Uh, Black Klansman was more about the racial in, uh, injustice in America and homegrown terrorism, whereas you have the, the Five Bloods, which is about the, um, you know, like African Americans who were conscripted or joined uh, the American army, and and then you know they, they're questioning why are we fighting these people? You know, like, yeah, yeah, um, it's very similar to uh, Malcolm X. Yeah, that came out in yeah. 1992. Likely directed as well. Um, I really like well all of their performances. Really, 
uh, you have, um, what's his name? Do, 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 do. Um, I I actually like the 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 um the creative decision to sort of just have like the older actors portray their younger selves as well. I really like yeah, that. Was good. it's yeah, almost like yeah. they're still reliving their their past. I, I and and it's a really cool film. You you have Chadwick Boseman and not not just because of you know we we know that he died not long after this release, but his performance is is very good. Is very cool. Um, number three, I chose Tenet, directed by Christopher Nolan. It, it, I, I love Tenet. I mean, it's it's. I've heard like criticisms that it's like you know it's it's Christopher Nolan at his worst. It's the most Nolan-y movie ever, but it's it, it's very clever. It's very uh, original in its take. I I love the soundtrack by Ludwig Göransson, of course. Um, John David Washington. Um, my, um, Robert Pattinson, they're brilliant in it, and it's a, it's a proper spectacle. I, I love it. Uh, number two, I chose The Vast of Night. Um, the, these were released like at the end of last year, but you know they it's a bit of a cheat. But I chose Vast of Night, directed by Andrew Patterson. I like how creative this movie is, especially with like this, a certain long shot in it. It was done on a essentially like a little go kart. It's it's not like the most high budget of movies, but it's it's like uh, you know a Twilight Zone movie. I, re- I really like it. The performances are great, and, and how we like for for a, an alien movie and that doesn't show aliens. It's very tense and and it's very uh, disturbing at times. And it, in the ending, it's it's brilliant. It makes you. It doesn't leave you with a lot of questions, but it's very cool. Um, and number one, top of the board, this year I chose Uncut Gems by the Safdie Brothers. I think nice. I, I I don't really like um, uh, Christ, I forgot his name. Uh, what's his name? Adam Sandler. Adam right? Sandler. <laughs> um, I don't really like his movies. You know, I, I think that I think we've made that clear already, but. He gives this performance as this sort of man who's he's struggling with, you know, like gambling addictions and, and trying to sort of like keep afloat of like this in this world where like everything's moving and you know it's like I I, I think it's, it's sort of like it ties into a quote from um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off where he says you know like life goes so fast it's like if you don't stop and look around you know it, it can pass you by. I, I, <laughs> they actually did use, They actually yeah. took that and made a film very fast and intense. Yeah, <laughs> I like how yeah. it's like this is a proper thriller. You know, the Safdie brothers, Joff and Benny, sorry, Josh and Benny Safdie. It's it, it, this this film's brilliant. It it never stops. It, it just keeps on going, and then right at the end, it sort of it goes up to eleven, and then it uh, spoilers. Um, so Adam Sandler's character he gets killed. But it, in a way, it seems very satisfying. He, he, it's like you know, like this is the only release he, he he'll get. And I, I love the parallels of that. He's not he's an uncut gem as well as the black opal. Um, it's brilliant. Obviously, like the music, which is also done by I think it's one of the brothers. Uh, it, oh, sorry, no, the music's done by Daniel Lopatin. It's very atmospheric and synth. It's yeah, that's my favorite of this year. Oh, that's good. That's a good list. I like that. Well, I think it's a bit different to yours because 
I did a 2019 list. Ah, right. And I usually incorporate all the films that, like, 1917 was on my 2019 list. I always do a top 10 list each, each year. Right. But it's fine because some of lists are different because you obviously incorporate lists of films that you watched in 2020. Yeah. Well, my list is incorporated films that came out in 2020. It's, but it's weird because, obviously, yeah. 1917 came out in 2020, but I, I say it's a 2019 film. Still, that's that's still a good great list. I mean, oh, no, we're going to pop that. But 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 this, that's, this is really good. I also say to everybody, we have we you know we don't watch all the big new Oscar films coming out yeah. right now because people say Nomadland is one of the top films of the year. But for us, we're not be able to watch it until next February. So yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we haven't seen it, but we heard it's good. So you know, um, it's weird because a lot of these films are like you know to be on top 10 lists I've seen on the internet and all that yeah. are from people who have the early screens of it, ones that appeared on like Sundance and Venice and all that. Mm. So, um, or, or Khan and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that list. Um, yeah, I, uh, a really good list. That's a really good list, Welsh. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, let's do, a, let's do a mine now. So, uh, number 10, uh, my top 10 films going down. So top 10 is Extraction with Chris Hemsworth. The plot is a bit, uh, yeah, it's a bit mixed, but I did love the action in it. And I did love, um, I did love the way it's directed. And I think one of the directors was like a stuntman for the um, Russo brothers. Yeah. So I think Joe Russo directed, uh, wrote the film. Kids Hemsworth was amazing in this film, and I did like that. Netflix let it all out with his R-rated film, which is bloody, which is like the action is like in- intense. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is definitely the uh the one take tracking shot. Well, I think it's a tracking shot of them in the car. Right. Do you remember that? That's one take. It goes on for like eight minutes, and it follows them in in a Chris Hensworth and uh, the the boy he's meant to go and to um, rescue in the car, and it, it follows them. And the whole the whole time he's like fighting people, shooting people in cars and all yeah. that, going through the city, and it's all one track shot. I thought that's really amazing. And um, yeah, and and that and that, that scene is so intense because so much is going on, and uh, yeah, I, I thought I I thought it's really good. As I said, the, the the plot is a bit like mixed. I didn't think it's a really great plot, but I really enjoyed it. And you know, it's it's a it's a film that like you can stick on, watch if you want to say like an action film, just stick it on and you you enjoy it. Chris Hemsworth is obviously really good in this as well. And uh, I'm looking forward to a sequel, and I do hope they bring back uh, Chris Hemsworth. And um, n- n- number nine, I got Sputnik, mm. which is uh, this Russian kind of alien film. Yeah, like it's basically uh, set during the Cold War, and it's about these Russians astronaut, this astronaut who returns to Earth, but he has an alien basically inside him. And it's all about the scientist who is trying to um, find out like how to deal with alien and stuff. And that's, this guy is basically like a host with the alien. And it's really interesting because it's not just about sci-fi. It's about like the USSR set- setting where it's like, you know, the USSR will go to any lengths to make sure this does not come out. And uh, yeah, it's 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 really it's really it's quite dark. Like it's, it's like the light just the light is really dark and all that. It's really good. Um, 
but it's like you know it's all about like something to do with the cold war soviets soviets and be like if you tell anyone about this you will disappear from your home and they'll be seen again stuff like that and uh yeah it's really good the alien the alien effect of the aliens really good as well uh it's not like alien ways go around killing people but it's uh it's um it's not like you know like uh something on the ship and it's going around killing each one it's like it's all about like the relationship between like uh, humanity and alien through like the idea of the host, right? And uh, yeah, really good. And uh, have you watched it, Welsh? But Nick, no, I've I've seen it. I've heard that it's quite good. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's really good. It's um, it's a really good Russian film. Uh, really good. And people say, oh, it's a rip off Alien. It's not really. It's it 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 it, it takes like the old idea of Alien takes it in a very different way. Um, but yeah, really good. Uh, number eight, I would definitely say Mank, the David yeah. Fincher Mank film I, with I, Gary Oldman. I started watching it, and uh, I yet to finish it, but from what I've seen, it's good. Yeah, it's good. I did like, I do like the um, the cinematography, the direction. I heard like so many takes were done for certain shots and stuff. Yeah. Like uh, David Fincher went in the full out with these takes. I think he did like a hundred takes for like one scene or something, or Gary Oldman doing one thing. And um, I yeah, I enjoyed it. One of the criticisms of how this film is, it is slow, and at times it can be, and I'll be honest, quite boring. Yeah. Because it's a film about the making of, of um, you know, Citizen Kane. But at times it's just very just, it goes back and forth between different times. And at times it is really, it can be a bit boring, yeah. like slow. And it's a film that's, what, like two hours and like 30 minutes. And I think it should have been like less than two hours. The Obviously, black and white, the aesthetic of it is great. Cause it feels like a 1930s, like a film set during 1930s Hollywood and all that. You've got all the big names around with Hollywood back then. And, uh, yeah, um, Tom Burke, who plays uh, Orson Welles, he's a good up-and-coming talent. Charles Dance plays a good character he's like he's like he's definitely like a Tyrion Lannister you know, a Tywin not Tyrion Tywin Lannister but like of the uh the 1930s economy world you know businessman uh Tywin Lannister uh Amanda Seyfried is great obviously Gary Oldman's great I know this film's gonna probably get a lot of Oscar buzz a lot of Oscar nominations because of the film but I've, I've never been a big fan of Citizen Kane I don't I I, I don't think I don't think that I disagree when people say it's like the greatest film ever because mm. I don't think a greatest film ever is something that could be like cemented. A film can't be cemented as a greatest film ever because it's all down to opinion. And I mean, view. I think it's, you know, it, it, people say that because it's, it was created, you know, like a long time ago, but it's like, uh, you know, it, it's a good movie, but because it was like, it's a classical movie as well. People just like to say that it's like the greatest movie. And yeah. you know, people always say like, oh, you know, it's regarded as the greatest movie. Probably they, they they don't watch like a lot of movies themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 but I do think that like obviously it was uh, obviously revolutionary in terms of like oh yeah of the new stuff it brought yeah cinema as a whole. It definitely. But a lot of films have done that in, in the past. So I don't I don't know. But I I, I you know I I watched Ethan Kate. I saw I I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it's my one of the greatest films ever. I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite films ever. But obviously the the story about how it was written, the backstory of it, and the whole clash between um, 
uh, Mank, um, Melkorni Mankovic, and uh, Orson Wells is um, it's really good as well. Yeah. Uh, okay, let me quickly say, um, who, uh, Gout, um, I can't remember the, the guy's name. Um, uh, yeah, Homer J. Mankovic, that's it. Yeah. Mankovic. It's, uh, yeah, and um, it's really... It's, the, the story behind it's interesting, but at times I, I did feel a bit like I wasn't like committed to going mean. Like it, it felt at times I, like it was a bit boring. Other times when it was good, it was really good. Mm. Um, yeah, number seven, I've got Bad Education, which not the TV show, but there's a HBO film at State for TV that came out in the summer, and it's about this huge public school embezzlement scandal, the biggest in American history. Right. It has got um, Alison Jami from, uh, you know, from uh, Alison Jami from, um, or oh, what's that film uh, with, what's that film with uh, Margot Robbie? Uh, uh, she plays the mother. The mother? Oh, she. It's not June. Yeah. Oh no, it's uh, uh, Michelle. Is it? No, 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 no. It's uh, the ice skating one. Oh, skating one. I Tonya. Yeah. I Tonya. That's it. That's it. Uh, Asin Jami's in it, uh, Hugh Jackman's in it, and basically it's all about this uh, huge, based on a true story, it's about this huge like scandal that came out that uh, this the 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 uh, superintendent of this um, area of schools in Rhode Island basically was uh, stealing money from the school and paying for his own like luxuries, and Asin Jami plays the deputy uh, superintendent who was doing the same thing. So you come out and realise that all this taxpayer money that the parents of the students going to these schools for um, basically was going to, uh, like, their credit cards. Like, uh, this is around about 2002, so obviously after this now it's very different, but it's changed, but it still happens now. That, like, um, basically teachers and the the committee of, uh, you know, superintendents and all that were using money from tax from the cards that's supposed to be going to, like, stuff for the school and all that and they're spending it on like luxury holidays to the Maldives like I think Alison Jami's character has like three three villas in like um Florida it's really bad and they were covering it through like saying that like through fake companies <laughs> yeah as well and one of the uh the, one of the characters in the school is this girl that she's like uh one of the school news uh journalists yeah and she's writing about the school she uncovers this massive uh basically scandal is a bezement uh fraud and it's, it's it's mad like they i think like they stole like up to like 11 million dollars jeez all that time yeah and uh, hugh jackman's in it as well and um there's a basically he spends all his work on himself looking like like young like plastic surgery and all that yeah. and um yeah it's, it's really shocking it's like all this money that's going and but they, they hide it under like um like comp like uh what's called it like fake companies, like obviously oh, a company that we spend this money on for like new computers, new lab equipment. Then we research the company; it doesn't exist. There's like no like it's like a fake address. And I think it finds out it's like some guy's home, but they use like a fake address for the company location. Really interesting though. It's on it definitely should watch it. It's on Sky, I think. Uh, definitely watch it. Script performance as well from As and Jamie and Hugh Jackman as well. Um. Number six, I'll say, is Mangrove, which is a small axe 
Steve McQueen series, and it's the first one. It's about the mangrove restaurant in Notting Hill and how the discrimination of the Caribbean, the West Indian community by um, by the police. And it talks about, you know, about like, you know, restriction of freedom and all that, discrimination in the courts. And, you know, and we always talk about like how America has a huge race problem, but we do as well back then. You know, during this time where it was, uh, you know, we got the um, uh, the, the, the Windrush scandal and all that and um, how these different minorities were kind of, like, viewed bad by the police and stuff. For example, the police would go in and, like, raid, like, the restaurant because they think, oh, you're selling drugs. Mm. It's like a drug selling place, but it's not. But it's like, there's one excuse to go in and just basically trash the place. And it's, a, you know, it's a really good, good... Uh, Good film, and uh, the other the other ones in the series, they're all short films. That's why I consider Mangrove to be a film in its own. But it's really good. And Steve McQueen does really great um, direction and writing as well. And at number five, I've got The Vast of Night. We enjoyed this film. It was a low budget directional de- debut. And who directed it again? Um, Vast of Night. Uh, I, don't know if, I, I don't know if you said it earlier. Uh, Andrew Patterson. That's a good directional debut by him. It's very much a homage to these, uh, you know, these films of like, you know, the Spielberg films about aliens and, you know, other uh, sci-fi films and all that. Really good. Really enjoyed it. Very good direction. Great acting uh, from the cast as well. And, uh, you know, I look forward to seeing more of, uh, of his work coming up soon. And, um, it was a, it was a surprise because it was a film that I didn't know was coming out, and it was on Amazon. And I I thought oh this is going to be like a really like rip off film, but it was really good. My dad said oh it was really good, and I watched it. It's a, it's a super hit I'll say of twenty twenty. Oh yeah, it's one of the big super hits of twenty twenty. Uh, number four, I've got Borat subsequent movie film. Yeah, <laughs> I really enjoyed this film. Um, I don't think it's as good as the first one, but I find it so funny. Yeah, uh, I, I I I find it so so funny. Uh, Sasha Brown Cohen does a great job as Borat. I do love his like his take on 2020 with uh you know with the presidential um presidential campaigns and COVID and I find it funny. Uh, just you know it's kind of like satire of of, politi- of politics and America as a whole. I find it funny. <laughs> That's the scene. I think I don't know one of the scenes where like he goes into like uh, one of the uh, Republican rallies. And he just is a, a member of the KKK. I just burst out laughing. Just like, I don't know how he does it. Like, I don't know how he does it. It's, it's amazing. And I did enjoy uh, the you know, the inclusion of his daughter as well. Um, Boas' daughter. That, that was funny. She, well. yeah, no, it's, it's really fresh, isn't it? You know? Yeah, really fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's good. Number three, I've got Trial Officer Cargo 7. Again, another interesting film is coming out during this time where, uh, like, what's perceived as a riot and what's perceived as a peaceful protest, and it's looking at kind of like, uh, you know, the idea of what people see as like a, a f- what basically a lot of conservatives saw in America as like a threat to uh, their way of life, mm. like destabilization of America, how the young people, all these youth groups and all that, people in their twenties, these, uh, well protesters against the Vietnam War were destabilising the country and how, like, you know, the trials, the shock, 
the way he treated like the African American uh, people, you know, the African Americans during the trial, um, the way he treated other other you know groups as well. Uh, I did love, uh, obviously, said the the judge's performance, um, really great. Made me hate him, and obviously worked. Uh, I did like Shasper Cohen's performance. And the main performance I did like, but I didn't like his accent. I don't know what what it wasn't really good. I don't know what kind of American accent he was doing. Yeah. Uh, but it, it kind of bit bit off. Obviously, Yaha Abdeen the second's performance is great. Jeremy Strong performance is great. Mark Rylance's performance is great. John Carroll Lynch's, um, yeah, and uh, all the other cast as well. I really, I really, um, I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, that's oh, also um, Joseph Gordon Levitt. I really enjoyed that as oh, well, yeah. his performance. Yeah, uh, but it's really interesting. I think it's a good film about Aaron Sorkin releases like a good time as well. Yeah, definitely going to be uh, nominated for a few Oscars there. And number two, I've got The Five Bloods with Spike Lee. Really enjoyed um, the, the Five Bloods. Um, sadly, one of the few films that's got, uh, you know, the last films that Charlie Boseman did, but he was good in it as well. Uh, I love the direction. I love, like, the, about, you know, the whole, the themes of of fighting for, fighting the war for a country that discriminates against against you when when you're back at home. And obviously that's what a lot of the African-American uh, Vietnam soldiers felt. Mm. And I did love the way that uh, Spike Lee incorporates, like, uh, you know, pictures, live footage, like footage from the time into it as well. We enjoyed, we enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, like uh, I loved it when it went to the when it came to the the action stuff. Is it felt very Tarantino esque to me, but it's st- still good. Like I enjoyed it. I did love the action in it as well. Did you find that it was quite like Tarantino esque? Oh yeah, like yeah, like when the the shooting all happens and that guy runs away, gets blown up, and it's so much happens in one go, yeah. and it's quite bloody in it. Like the scene where. Um, one of the, one of their friends gets uh, destroyed by by a mine and like his legs are just, mm. there's no legs left. That was that was and quite it, shocking because up until yeah yeah quite light and they've been like a lot of jokes. Yeah, and it just seemed like with with like all of the violence happening, it, it was just like you know the PTSD was coming out. You know. Yeah, definitely. Um, Terence uh, Blackheart uh, Blanchard's music was great. I did enjoy the performance of Delroy Lindo. He was the one that, uh, you know, the one that had really bad PTSD. Oh, he was the father. Uh, that, that uh, yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his yeah, and, um, was very good. Yeah, and uh, I think he's uh, actor's going to be nominated for an Oscar as well. Yeah. I think a lot of people say that, like, out of all performances, I think his performance will probably get the Oscar. Yeah. And uh, last, last but not least, Tenet. Now, I would say Tennis is one of... I don't say Tennis is one of the best of Christopher Nolan's best films, but I was really excited for Tenet, and it came out, when it came out, I, uh, you know, obviously I enjoyed it. I love Ludwig Granson's score. He's one of my favourite composers right now. I did love the idea of the, the show, you know, the whole time thing, how it was used, the performances by Rob Patterson, Elizabeth Davinke, Kenneth Branagh, and John Day Washington were really great and uh yeah and obviously i'm a big fan of christopher nolan like he's never going to release a film that's going to be like up for vast or anything yeah like 
obviously this film I'll say is like Interstellar where it wasn't his probably his best film, but you can still go and enjoy it, and that's why. And I was really looking forward to Tenet for a long time. I mean, it came out. It you know apart from some stuff with the sound and um, and all that, yeah, I really sound just, mixing was an issue. That was, it wasn't, yeah, it was an issue. Um, but frankly, you know, it ticked all the boxes for me, yeah. and I really enjoyed it. And um, yeah. That's uh, that's it. That's all my top ten films. Huh. No, that's a. Uh, I liked your list, and uh, yeah. Oh no, um, but you, yeah. But you, your list is awesome. Definitely. Cheers, man. Cheers. It's really hard making these lists because you're trying to like mm, which one, this one, which one, this one. Yeah. It took me ages doing the top ten one because I was like, oh, this film could go up there, but like actually, <laughs> not down there. Like and uh, but yeah. Um, I think like my 2019 list has got a gentleman, Uncut Gems, and uh, 1917. I think is my favorite film of 2019. Yeah. Uh, even I was in 2020, but because it's not a 2019 film, I can't put it in the 2019 category. It's a bit weird, but like that's just yeah, me. Fine. Um, no, I liked it. No, really good, really good. Uh, even though a lot of stuff was delayed and didn't come out this year, still there was a lot of stuff. That we were able to watch. Yeah. What the movies that were going to come out this year? Films coming out in 2021. Is it? Uh, no, like movies that would have like come out. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, I got a list here of films that would have come out this year. So uh, obviously, big one, Black Widow. That's supposed to come out this year, and it's coming out next May. Um, yeah, obviously looking forward to that. It's been ages since I've watched a Marvel film, so uh, I want to see what. Obviously, we've got one division coming out, which is going to start off Phase Four. But yeah, I want to see what the Black Widow films like, and it looks good to be honest. Even though, you know, it's the idea of like, do we need a Black Widow film? But it looks good. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, what about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I was going to say, um, you know, Black Widow. E- even if it's, <laughs> yeah, even if it's not like the best. I mean, it's going to be the next MCU, so it's going to have like some, you know, like little surprises you know um i'm trying to think like you know you got dune which would have come out um this this month king's men yeah the King- no time to die eternals was come out this year but oh yeah coming out next year um let's have a look now uh so that's the big ones in there that's coming out and some of them have been obviously delayed to 2022 yeah uh the Batman, yeah. Batman's supposed to come out last next year, but it's been delayed to 2022. Yeah. Uh, what else? What do you think is from Chaos Walking that's coming out? Oh, yeah, but that's been that's been uh, for a while. Delayed. Yeah. It looks. It look, I don't know. I, I don't like the trailer. It looks. Uh... Oh, the May Saints of Newark. Now, that's a Soprano prequel. Right. So, but I'm looking forward to that because it's. Uh, even if you haven't watched Sopranos, it's gonna I think it's gonna like still introduce you to like Tony Soprano and all that. And it's like a um it's like a gangster film yeah. that's gonna be on the T V as well. Oh right. It's, it's Morbius. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm not I'm not I don't know, I just don't think it's gonna be good. I just, I just think it's gonna yeah. be one of those Marvel uh, films that Sony Marvel films is not yeah. gonna be good. Well like the um, the publicity is exactly the same as Mar- as um Venom. You know, yeah. There's too many heroes in the world and, and all this rubbish. But um. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh. Uh, also, a Quiet Place Part Two. Oh yeah. Um, like the first one, and I want to see what they can do for the second the, one. Um, the French Dispatch has been delayed. Yeah, that that that's a big cast. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. That's got Timothy Charmaine oh, as yeah. well. Um, the new Ghostbusters is meant to be coming out due, uh, July this year, and that's been delayed. What do you think is going to be? Is the recast going to be good? Do you reckon it's going to be uh, like? I feel it's going to be like a sequel, but yeah. then it's not going to be. It's going to be caught, like yeah. you know. I think it, like I think, people are going to not remember it really. I think it'd be like better than the last one, but I think it's going to be very like. It's going to be a lot of like member berries, you know. It's like it's going to be very like yeah, out yeah. a bit. I was yeah, I was yeah. all looking forward to um, the Green Knight, an A twenty four. That's what definitely I'm looking forward to as well. Yeah. As a fan of like medieval. Yeah. anything that I'm looking forward to that um, last night in Soho Edgar Allan Wright's uh, psychological horror with Matt Smith and, and Anya Taylor-Joy uh, she's she's got really big now as an actress isn't she yeah um, oh yeah Monster Hunter well that, that was delayed oh, for a couple of months yeah that looks crap yeah Miller like, Paul W.S. Anderson like yeah. he just doesn't make good movies <laughs> Like, there's always films where like his his wife's in it. Like, yeah. Like, has he ever made like a good movie apart from maybe *The Event uh, Horizon*? Don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's have a look. Oh, apparently *Snake Eyes*, the um, the spin-off of uh, *GI Joe*. I, was, you know? I, I don't know why they make the *Snake Eyes* film. To be honest, because he's the most popular one. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, like. G.I. Joe isn't big anymore. Like, and obviously, it might still be big now, toys, but like, not films. Yeah. You know what I mean? They should release a G.I. Joe film when it was like after G.I. Joe Retaliation. That's been like seven years. That obviously, you got terrible. Coming to America. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Coming to America uh, with uh, Eddie Murphy. I did like the first one. Yeah, um, yeah, it was fun. I hope, I hope the, I do hope the second one yeah. brings something new as well. So we're bringing like the, what is yeah. the, the original? You know if uh, um, James Earl Jones is coming back for that? Because he was the father. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. I think he is. He yeah. Uh, um, he was the king, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah he was. Oh, we got Fast and Furious 9. Oh. Where, uh, no, you're right. <laughs> my family and they can go to space. And, uh, yeah. Cars in space. Top Gun Mark has been delayed. Yeah, Cruella as well. About uh, Disney film about uh, Cruella Deville with Emma Stone playing Cruella Deville. It's like an origin story for her. I, I don't. Um, see why we need that, but okay. Oh, we do. So we, we were do. talking about Morbius, and and I said about Venom. Venom was meant to be coming out this year. Venom. Venom. Uh, Carnage. What a terrible. Yeah, yeah. Terrible, the, the the name looks awful, but I I do I do hope Annie Circus does. Yeah. I know. I, did, I, I, did, I the first one did have its flaws, but it it was. It was a film that, like, you know, it was just like it was a popcorn flick yeah. you know, at the end of the day. This is um, this isn't so much uh, delayed, but it's it's it was pretty much a death sentence. Artemis Fowl, it was dumped on um, Disney Plus. Yeah, that that was. Uh, Do you think that, that was, was because awful. they thought, oh, let's just dump it on you because we're gonna, you know, we're not gonna make much sales, or let's just dump it on you because we have a stinker. I reckon both, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Kenneth Branagh directed that. I, 
it's a film based on a book series that had too much going on. Yeah. And some of the CGI was just like really yeah. weird. Josh, um, his character was terrible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, see, uh, like he, he, I, I didn't, I didn't like the kid as well as well as yeah, the, terrible. The kid, yeah. kid wasn't even like the kid I was in the books. Yeah, well, the, Artemis in the books, he's an evil genius. Yeah, this kid is like, yeah. just like wasn't that. Um, we've got Shang Chi Legend of Ten Rings. Oh uh, yeah, Marvel's first Asian-led superhero movie with Shang Chi, and we're gonna have the the real Mandalorian hmm. with Tony uh, Liu. Aquin Finua, Michelle Yu would be in this film. Looking forward to that. Um, Space Jam. I do love Space Jam. I think Space Jam is, is one of my, like, um, what's it called? One of my guilty pleasures. I do like Space Jam. Growing up, Space Jam was cool. Yeah, like, I mean, I, it had a good soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The soundtrack's cool. I did like um, Michael Jordan in it. Yeah. Um, I think LeBron James doing it, this one. LeBron James. Um, LeBron James. Candyman. I did like the first Candyman. And uh, obviously uh, produced by Jordan Peele. Uh, it's going to have Yahari Abdul-Mateen II. And it's going to bring back, uh, oh, what's his name? The guy who did originally, original, the guy who did play the original Candyman oh, right. in it as well. Um, and it's like all the... Um, Nia Nia DaCosta, that's the woman who's directing Captain Marvel oh. uh, two. Hopefully. So I'm, um, so I'm, I don't know what else she's directed. I think this is her, this is her latest film coming out. Yeah. Um, as I said, we said Dune, yeah. The Last Jewel, which I'm looking forward to because you heard about this film, The Last Jewel. No, no, what's that about? It's a really Scott film coming out. It's a historical drama. And it's based on this book. Um, basically, it's about this uh, the last. Legally sanctioned duel in oh, France. Right. Oh, that's interesting. And it's between it's got Matt, it's got uh, Matt Damon and um, Ben Affleck are doing the script for it. They're writing the screenplay, and I think it's like the first time they've written screenplay together since oh, what's a film called Google Hunting? And it's, it's it's cool. It's got Matt Damon, Adam Driver, um, Jodie Comer, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck's going to play the um, the King Charles VI. Uh, yeah, so Matt Damon and Adam Driver start as Jacques Le Gris, two best friends in fourth, as uh, yeah, John de Carouge and Squire Jacques Le Gris, two best friends in 14th century France, who are ordered to fight to the death by King Charles VI, played by Ben Affect, after Carouge's accuses Le Gris of raping his wife, Marguerite, played by Jodie Comer. Now, I do think this is going to be good. I, like, obviously, um, I, I, a bit, obviously, Billy Scott still a good director. Even he has, to, has made some uh, mixed films in the past. But I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. It's like it's something you never knew about, and it's obviously medieval history. So I'm, I'm aboard. Yeah. Um, uh, talking about getting aboard, um, getting aboard the Death on board. Nile has been uh, delayed. Death on Nile, yeah. Direct um, by Kenneth Branagh again. Um, I mean, that's got a, quite a good cast, to be fair. What do you think of the first one, The Murder on the Orient Express? All right. It was a bit beat for beat, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was didn't have anything new yeah. to the actual the, yeah. the, the plot, that's, like that's the adaptation. That's the problem, isn't it? It's like, yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, should we should we remain like faithful or should we do something different, you know? And, and yeah, I mean, 
if it, it just seems like he's just going about like a very boring beat for beat remake. Oh yeah, um, uh, Ryan Reynolds film Free Guy has been delayed. That looks pretty fun. Uh, that looks fake jokes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like the idea. It's like a GTC. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like third world, like GTA Five kind yeah. of like. Um. Obviously, we've got uh, Mission Impossible Seven. Yeah. Looking forward to that. The cast looks great. Tom Cruise, Ving Ving Rhines, uh, Simon Pegg, Vanessa Kirby, Hayley Atwell, Palm Clementiev, Shiv Wiggum, and uh, Si Morales. Um. Christopher McQuarrie's coming back to direct it and shooting back-to-back with Mission Impossible 8 as well. Oh, do you, do you see that video of uh, Tom Cruise shouting that there's people on set? Yeah. Because they were breaking COVID rules. I mean, he did have a point, to be fair. To be honest, it must be so hard directing, directing like a big blockbuster film during yeah. COVID. And if you've got people that are not yeah. listening to the rules and stuff, mm. I don't blame Because they have to they have to be like realistic, right? Like if, if there's any infections on set, the whole production could get shut down. Yeah, and that costs the that costs the money yeah. to keep delaying it mm. as well and shutting it down. Um like how much money is it gonna cost the, the Batman? Because yeah. that's been delayed exactly. shut down a bunch of But the thing is like there's a lot of hype behind the Batman, so I think it will pay off. Yeah, yeah. Um talking, uh, talking about being delayed. The new mutants came out this year. Yeah, yeah. That's, after, uh, after loads of jokes, you know, like so. When did production start? Twenty seventeen, wasn't it? Twenty eighteen. Twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen, right? No, 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 no. I, no production started in twenty fifteen. It's supposed to come out in twenty sixteen. Jesus. I mean, like people didn't have that much, like because I think like nobody. Nobody wanted to no. see it anyway. I mean, like the old like Fox X Men were just like dead anyway by that point so like why would anybody yeah. want to watch it you know yeah yeah oh, well. uh, we got matrix 4 coming out next december i i don't see uh, how they can make another matrix i don't know why yeah. i don't know why they're making it it's just because it's, they can make money out of yeah. it make a fair franchise I, I was re-watching the matrix the other day right and i've got to say that it, it is not great it's okay but it's not great i mean i know no, like, it's not like yeah, the the yeah. the last the sequels aren't yeah. like the uh, the best. The first either. one is really good. I like the idea. It's really clever, right? And I like the uh, everything's like bathed in like a green, like a sickly green color. When you when you're in the Matrix, I really like that. It's really cool. But then like the second and third one are just like oh, it's, it, it goes over the top. You know, it's just like oh, he's essentially Jesus, isn't he? You know, he's meant to like fight the machines and fight what's his name? Um, Agent Smith and, and all this rubbish. Yeah, it, it's just I mean the CGI has needs very well anyway. So yeah, but I think that's it for the top films coming out yeah. this year. Oh, we've got a lot of talk. How about this, right? What would you rate as the worst movie this year? Oh shit! Uh, I have tried to avoid watching some bad films. Yeah, see. Um, let's, let's have a look. Actually. What's your What's your one? Um, I'm just gonna say, uh, like, I I couldn't watch it all. I tried to, but do little. Do little's awful. Yeah. It's just, I know it's meant. I think I watched. Like, like, I, think I, watched like, I think I watched like five minutes of it. And yeah. I was like, not watching. It's meant to be like you know like some. Oh no, actually no. I'm not gonna say do little. I'm gonna say Artemis Fowl because it I, it was unwatchable. It was it was unwatchable. 
at least like with um, Doolittle, there was at least like a, a sort of plot and, and Robert Downey Jr. was trying. But then Artemis Fowl, right, was just absolute garbage. It was shit. Yeah, that, that's what I'm going to say, actually. My, my final answer is Artemis Fowl. Compone, I think it's really bad as well. Yeah, um, I remember there was a bit of hype behind that. Because um, like, uh, wasn't it like Josh Trank and like people were saying like oh you know he, he he's actually good in it and it turns out it's, it's crap. It's just it's just Tom Hardy's going mental as Al Capone, <laughs> isn't it? I mean that, um, that, that could have been quite good if if there was you know any call for it, but I haven't seen it so I can't really say like if if he does a good job. But like, is there any like redeeming quality at all to Capone? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I would. I think that's what we got. Uh, let's have a look now. Um, I do think Hillbilly Energy wasn't that good of a film. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. I think definitely wanted to be like an Oscar one. It's not one of Ron, Ron Howard's best films, but yeah. he's still a great director. Mm. Let's have a look. What other ones? I, I really want to see Stardust and see how bad Stardust is. Because that, that Dave, David Bowie's film that oh, right. has no Dave Bowie, no Dave Bowie music in it. <laughs> have you heard of that one? No. Uh, I wanted to watch... Uh, on the yeah. I wanted to watch a lot more of like the... Um, what do they call them? Um, the Blumhouse oh, stuff. Uh, another, one, another one I was thinking of. Have you seen The Last Days of American Crime? No, no. It's, it's, oh, God. It's, I remember I t- told you about that last day's American yeah, Crime. It's got uh, Michael Pitt in it. Oh, yeah. And he just, he's, he's nuts in it. The film is so, it's based on a graphic novel, but it's so stupid. Like the film, it's just, con- it's like the, it's just excessive violence. And like, does Michael Pitt, does he, I don't know why, what, after Ball Empire, he's gone to play some weird roles, roles yeah. hasn't he? Because he was in, he was, um, he was like Mason in um, uh, what's called in Hannibal, and then this one, mate, he's 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 nuts. He's like this, like he's just like this weird, like gangster-looking guy. Yeah, and it, he, he's just he's just crazy. Yeah. He's like so over the top. See him. He, he he was really bad in um, uh, the Ghost in the Shell movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why he's. Huh? I don't know why he's in these so weird yeah. roles. Like in typecast is like, oh, yeah, he's the deranged character, you know. Yeah, yeah. He was good in I Origins. Have you seen that? That was really good. No, I haven't seen, yeah. that. I haven't seen that. It's no. really good. It's like um, it's like a sci-fi movie. It's quite good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. But, yeah. That's uh. Last Days of America Primary. The guy in that, like, what's his name? Edgar Ramirez. Every time I see him, I just see him in like the elf makeup he was in when he when he was in Bright. Have you seen him in Bright? Yeah, yeah. I, Bright's bad. I didn't like Bright. Yeah. I don't know why they're making a sequel. Oh, but um, oh, I think... so he's, still, he's still a good actor. He was in um, American Crime Story about the um, the murder of Giovanni Versace. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that. that was good. So, yeah. but he's a good actor. He's been in some good stuff. Hmm. Uh, Edgar Ramirez. Uh, but that's it, really. And obviously, Shout to a Cop plays in Last Day's American Crime. Hmm. And his performance is like, 
this Kaz didn't need, need to be in there. Yeah. I think it was trying to look at the world through the eyes of a sort of um the eyes of a uh, policeman, but like his his character was just like pointless. Like Yeah. Ah, Shadow Cop has been some really good films like uh, District Nine and all that. Yeah. I I really liked him in um uh, Maleficent. Yeah, and Free Fire as well. He's good in Free Fire. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's like the guy who was misdiagnosed as a a child genius, right? That that Free Fire's got a really good cast, actually. Now that I think about it, that's, that's one ben, ben Wheatley. Um, yeah. Oh, another film about that, Rebecca. I didn't enjoy Rebecca. Ben Wheatley's Rebecca. Yeah. Oh, what, what, I never watched movie, it. What movie did I watch the other day? It was um, a Luke Besson film, one of his most recent ones. Uh, what, what's uh, it? It's not. Uh, it's not the one with the, the, the Valerian, is it? No, no. It was. It was his most recent one. Um, it had like this Russian like model in it. Ah, oh, damn. What was it? It was. Ah, oh, damn. Oh, Anna. That's it. It was made last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's absolutely terrible. Got Helen Mirren and Luke Evans and yeah. Steve Murphy in it. It's um Sasha Luss. It's like Luke Luke Besson's weird, right? He, he just casts like these models as his characters, and they just like they can't act, right? They wouldn't, and it's just like, oh yeah, we just get them because they're like they're fit, you know, because they're models, and pe- and people will see the movie because of it. Absolutely terrible. He's not made a good film. Like I, I don't think he's made a good film. Like Fifth Element's alright. I don't think it's great. Fifth Element's good because of like the design and the story. Like his direction, yeah. is not very good. You know, no, no, he's not like a really good director. No. Um, yeah, that's uh, I think that's our. I can't think of any other worst films now this year. <laughs> uh, yeah, so sorry, you, sorry, where did you say yours was? My worst film, yeah, I think it was The Last Day of American Crime. Yeah. Hmm. I think it's got zero percent more tomatoes, or I think it's all ten, all 10%. I can't remember. Let's have a check what Artemis Fowl was at. I think um, it was 14 last time I looked. Let's have a look. Uh, IMDb is 4.2, 8% on Rotten Tomatoes, 31% on Metacritic. Uh, Metacritic. Hmm. That's interesting. 48% like this film on Google users. Fuck. Do you trust Google users? No, like, no. <laughs> well, we are Google users, so... <laughs> um, Right. Anything uh, else you want to talk about between with uh, a season final? Uh, I, th- I think we've I think we've done it. <laughs> oh, good, cool, cool. Um, big uh, podcast episode today for everybody. Yeah. Um, before we go, I would I would like to say a big thank you to really to you know our followers to like you know big thank you to you uh, Reese as well for joining this podcast and also a thank you to our followers. Uh, I don't think we'll well. Like, if we didn't do have good... I know, like, we don't do this for, like, you know, fame or anything, or it's not... We don't make this a full-time job. It's something fun. Yeah. But still getting viewers and all that and followers, even if it's on Instagram or on our platforms, it's still great. And, uh, you know, we do like... Like, we do like seeing, like, uh, people viewing the episode and uh, even if no one comments... I don't... You know, people don't comment on it as much, but it's still... But even like if you watch five minutes of it and you can't watch the rest because maybe you find something else, it still means a lot. You, you just oh, yeah. try. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we try and 
do stuff which um you know, everyone can enjoy. We try mix up a bit and all that. Talk about the big stuff. Talk about like stuff I like. You know, conspiracy theories. Uh, you know, bad movies and all that. So, uh, and we you know, we always are. You know, we always uh, want like you know recommendations. Anything else? Yeah. Uh, we can watch. Yeah. But like I think we we're like six hundred, nearly six hundred followers on Instagram. Yeah. In mind we started and like, what was it like June? Yeah. And it. And if it didn't really kick off, then maybe we would, we would be quite like hesitant about continuing on. Yeah. But you know, we've had some good viewed episodes as well, and uh, definitely, and we're looking forward to um, continuing on season two. So a big thank you, guys. Wherever you're, just like following us on Instagram or our channel, wherever you're, just like liking our stuff, it still means a lot. So we appreciate it, and we do hope that uh, you know. Yeah. We always, you know, we always want recommendations. Any improvement you guys want, so please let us know. I'd um, um I'd like to say, like you know, like, we we do this because, like, obviously, like we love to talk about like movies, but we love to share like our thoughts with everyone. Yeah, 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 and we try and like bring about like you know our personal lives and things yeah. as well. So it looks like we have lives as well. Yeah. <laughs> our lives. I don't talk about movies <laughs> and TV yeah. shows, yeah, but, but like you know, we try- this is like we do love cinema and we do like shows and yeah, yeah. Well, we try and let, we try and make it less scripted as possible as well. Uh, yeah, I, I think they can guess that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the uh, amount of like uh, like the really weird roads we've gone into <laughs> talking about like uh, like certain other topics on like yeah. an episode. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, it was good. Uh, but yeah, season two starting next week. We're starting off with the Mandalorian season two, so uh, we well big. Uh, season recap for that and uh, yeah we could do a lot about that and then I think for we did a couple of cases of conspiracy for January as well and uh, yeah um, we've got a lot of plans for 2021 and even though we're only doing one episode a week now because uh, well she worked and she and I've got yeah. stuff to do which means we can't we haven't got time to do one episode uh, two episodes a week uh, we're only doing that because we're both in lockdown and unemployed <laughs> uh but now like obviously we've got other stuff to do now as well we stick we're still gonna try to stick to one episode a week yeah um on releasing it on sundays we'll be recording it on saturdays as well and if we can't do it on saturdays we do record on sundays and i try and get out published by the end of the day on sundays just to keep with like you know our timetable yeah but yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, please comment, like, and follow us on Instagram. Uh, we're on a list of platforms Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, Apple Music, the lot. Um, and we're thinking of doing the creating like a page on Facebook, which we're kind of in like the early stages of doing. But uh, that'll be up roughly maybe the beginning of next, sometime start of new year yeah. for season two. Yeah, but we're going to go on to that, aren't we? Yep. But, uh, yeah, so those of you who haven't got Instagram can look like follow us on Facebook as well. Uh, yeah, so thank you, everyone, for listening. I uh, hope you guys have a, had a great Christmas. I hope you guys have a happy new year. Let's hope 2021 brings uh, some positives and uh, you know, just light, bring us some light to the end of the tunnel, <laughs> out of the darkness. Um, yeah, so everyone, thank you, everybody. Hope you had a lovely Christmas and a happy new year. Uh, yeah, hope um, just hope you've got some good uh, new resolutions and all that. And we'll see you uh, next, uh, well, uh, 
this coming Saturday. So, uh, anything else you want to say? No, I just Welsh. wish everyone a happy new year and you know and a joyous new year. Hopefully, everything will be a bit better. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Short and sweet. What are you doing what are you doing for New Year? I'm just spending the, day, the night with my family, playing games, watching films. Because uh, you can't really go out, can you? Yeah, probably see it. But we can't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, yeah. You know, we celebrate like the New Year. We we we'll usher it in with. Yeah. Uh, um. With when we're, when we're out of tier four lock. Yeah. You know, we 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 will like usher it in with like joy and family and a hell of a lot of booze. But you know. Happiness. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta celebrate something. <All> right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye.